welcome, welcome. This is Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast for the Mail Fuzz Network. I'm Peter, and I'm joined as always with Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor. Hey, guys. Now, it's kind of a weird, depressing week because there's no books. So thanks for listening to the Comics from the Multiverse podcast. We'll see you next week. Um, hey, long live the Legion, right? Um, luckily, um, we do have some worthwhile news to discuss. DC at least gave us some meaty news to talk about this week. Um, but for most of the podcast, we've actually just got some uh, fun talking points and uh, kind of discussions to have that I've kind of mapped out, which I've not told these guys about in advance, so I'm going to hit these guys with questions, and we're going to see... I, I they... still think this is unfair, because he's had time to think about this. I'm Even not... if not... You like... say that, you you thought the question... He's the playing moderator, though. He's not... Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's more or less playing moderator to us. So if that's the case, is there a like is there a prize for me or Matt, whoever wins? Sure. Well, I already win because I'm not a ginger, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I'll think of a prize, sure. Um, and if I do give answers, I'll do mine last. Because you might steal one of mine. There might be like a more obvious answer that you steal. Yeah. And I can I can have to think a bit more outside the box. Or I might just not answer. <laughs> you just somehow managed to turn this into Double Dare. With... <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, no worries about spoilers, really. I mean, because we're just going to generally talk about stuff this week. Uh, various DC things and generally have some fun and just, you know, we pr- we'll probably tangent off into things because why not this week. Um, yeah, so that's that's the plan. So you don't have to worry about anything. Um, so we'll just get straight into this news. So before we get to the bigger, meatier part of the news, just, just quickly, DC were gloating this week about sales figures because over the summer they shipped 12 million comics. Jeez. Which is a lot. Yeah, that's like the tickets sold thing that we always talk about for movies. Mm. Like, if you're saying, like, they're not talking about price here. They're talking about how many units they moved. So that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth mentioning that ships does imply, because these are returnable, that Mm -hmm. some of them could come back. It may not actually be 12 million sold. It, that's yeah. a fair point, but from my experience, my shops are selling 90, 95% yep. of their stock, sometimes all of it, within a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'd imagine, you know, at least 11 million of that is, is well, sold. Yeah, and some of the smaller books, too, my shop's not ordering a lot of just because he doesn't know what the buzz around them is. So, like Deathstroke Rebirth, which I didn't pick up properly, uh, I, I read digitally. He was completely out of because he only ordered a small number. Yeah. You know? Um, so these smaller books, you know, are... Those are selling too. Yeah, some other so. bullet points from this gloating session they had was that 11 issues topped 200,000 copies. Wow. Staggering. More than 60 topped 100,000 copies. That's... Good. That's like such a large number to comprehend for comics where where you usually have no more than f- six or seven a month that top 100,000 from yeah. from all publishers, not just DC. Yeah. And even then, sometimes it's only one or two, you know? Yeah. Depending on the month. Um, the other bullet point to mention is that 21 titles went back to print multiple times. So and there's been, what, 25 Rebirth books so far? Yes. <laughs> So that's the vast majority. Yeah, vast majority of them have been reprinted. 
Uh, some of them, I mean, I think that DC Universe Rebirth one shot is on its fourth or fifth printing now. Yeah. yeah From what I hear, it's going on to its sixth. Oh, jeez. So, uh, so there you go. Yeah. It's getting its own hardcover release, I believe. Yeah, with some yeah. extras. I, yeah, it's like a deluxe with extras and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I will be buying that. I will argue they're milking it just a little bit by having it on its own hardcover rather than, you know, putting it with something else. But you know what? Whatever. It's what what, what do you put it with, I suppose? But, it, but yeah, it's pretty, like, it kicked off a whole new era. So, you know, I... I hated seeing, like, when Final Crisis got the director's cut that was, like, six bucks back in whenever that was, 2007, 8. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'll say eight. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was, like, a $3 comic normally because of the prices back then, and they were selling the director's cut for, like, seven, eight bucks. You know, so I can deal with a hardcover with a bunch of extras that's going to look nice on a shelf. Versus the director's cut. That's just me, though. The oh. thing is, I don't mind paying more for it, considering they gave it me at such a great price the first time, yeah. and I loved it so much that you want you want to charge me more for a, uh, a higher quality version? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so that's that's the gloating here. And the only thing I'll add to this is that there was also a graph. I think it was Baltimore Comic Con. Um, they were doing like a... I don't know if it was a... Retail, it was a retailer event, I think. Was it a retailer event? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think it was Bleeding Cool snapped a photo of like a some charts they put up on the screen comparing it to the New Fifty Two, and um, the, the initial jump from the month before it started was higher than New Fifty Two. But it was worth noting that in the third month of the New Fifty Two, it already started to decline, whereas in the third month of Rebirth, it was actually still going up. So yeah, haters. So yeah, it did happen <laughs> in the New Fifty Two, but it's it's not the same. Yeah. So it's fine. So, just well, don't. I, I think I think two things that contribute to this are, well, three I suppose. The third one being just the general consensus that it's better. But let's ignore that. Let's ignore that. Let's take that out of the equation because mm-hmm. that's technically you know purely subjective and that's opinion, right? Let's take that out of the equation and we'll look at the other two factors that I think are contrib- contributing to this. One is that they've staggered the uh, the starts of all these books. That's why I think yeah. the biggest one is personally. Yeah. And the other one is something that you already mentioned is that. A lot of those initial orders were smaller and they were selling out of books. So I think they're ordering more of subsequent issues. Well, yeah, because we already saw, I think it was Detective. Its second issue sold more than its first. Like, it got ordered more. Mm. And that wasn't even like one where it was a, a rebirth and then a one, and the one ordered more than the rebirth. This was actually the second issue. So if that's continued across with other things as well, yeah, um, so, yeah, that, that's enough uh, gloating <laughs> on DC's behalf. of the. It's the nice list. to be able to do it, though, for the first time in so long. It's nice to be able to do it a little bit, not going to lie. Um, but uh, let's go on to the meeting news this week, because they announced the first event of Rebirth um, this a few days ago. So, the first event that they're going to have is going to start in December, and it's going to be six issues long, six issue miniseries, which has two issues in December and four in January. So it sounds like it's going to be weekly. I can see it's, maybe... It's not. Uh, the fir- December, the ones are, are bi-weekly. So it's over the whole of December and January. Okay, but it's weekly in January. It's weekly in January, but it's bi-weekly in December. All right, so it's practically weekly. It's, it's, it's almost weekly. The majority of it is weekly. Sure, the majority of it, but you can't just say, oh, it's weekly. 
Well, if you'd let me finish my sentence, I was going to say I could see them taking a break for the last week of January or uh, December because it's Christmas and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, they've already said it's that, so... If it's good, I will read it weekly. If it's not, I'm not going to read it, period. So, I don't know why we're splitting hairs. Because Connor's a pedantic little thing. Who must must correct every little detail just to be a menace. Look, if you're presenting a news story, I'm going to present the full correct facts if if you're doing them wrong. To be fair, every single article I read did not have this information. I read like three of them. Oh, I saw a couple with this, so... So, there you go. Thank you, Connor, for adding... You're very welcome. ...adding to, to this news story. Now, shut up and let me read the rest of it. Now. Put my earphone back in. We good? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But do you know the worst thing about Connor correcting me is, though, just to, just to tangent to this a little bit, right, is Connor has this knack of interrupting you before you finish what you're saying. And because correct... you already you already said, no, oh, that, it sounds no, like it's weekly. In that case... Yeah, sure, I'll give you that one. But sometimes Connor will do it mid-sentence before you've made your finished point because he assumes that you've, you've already made the point, if that makes sense. I think what it is, I don't, I don't do it with other people, I do it with you because I just assume you're wrong. <laughs> I think I've had enough experience of you being wrong. Oh, Because <laughs> I swear there's times when you correct me, but if you just let me finish like, whatever the last half of the sentence was, you wouldn't have had to correct me. So See, just... you say this, but we'll never know, because you never got to finish the sentence. So we'll never know if you would have been right or not. I'm going to start muting Connor when I'm doing news articles, and then just unmute I'm just, uh, the... just going to say, if someone's great with After Effects, just add the, you know, from The Simpsons, when Homer's not paying attention, <laughs> it goes to the old black and white cartoon. <laughs> just put that on mine right now. <laughs> Uh, no, Matt, you're meant to mediate. If I'm going to argue with Connor, you need to jump in and tell him he's wrong so that he's ganged up on. Well, I That's not called mediating, Pete. <laughs> that is the mediating that I will allow on the yeah, show. Okay. Uh... Try to get on with the story, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, aye, aye. Uh, funny enough, um, it is a V's uh, event. <laughs> um, so that was completely in context and in theme with what we're talking about. So the first event is going to be Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Which, again, like I say, six issues over December, January. It's going to have two tie-in issues in both Justice League and Suicide Squad. Those will happen in January. So January issues of those two books will have tie-in sort of effects to the main story, which is going on. Um, It is going to be written by Joshua Williamson, of course, who is currently writing The Flash, which is pretty good news. Damn it. I'll be like, I'm out. I'm in. Damn it. (laughs) If there's ever a name, you can throw on something to get Matt's attention again. To be fair, like, I just want to point out for people watching or listening that Matt may kick and stream all he wants, but there's not going to, there's never going to be an event where he can't at least have to try the first issue. <laughs> That's true, but I have to say that because then I'm I'm belaying expectations. Actually, I have to right? I have to ask: When was the last DC event that you didn't finish, even if you didn't think it was as good? Well, yeah, when was Because you finished Convergence. You can't yeah, say shit. Yeah, I know. Shit. Uh, none. I, there's... Unless you're talking like one that would happen in story, like between issues, like that I wasn't reading. There hasn't been no, any. With, with, with a dedicated mini. Yeah. No, it's, I even do it with Marvel for the most part. So <laughs> I was going to make a stand here and be like, Suicide Squad, I don't care about Suicide Squad. Josh Williamson, now I care. 
I love how in the space of three minutes we went from me and Connor fighting to me and Connor teaming yeah. up on Matt. <laughs> just want to point that out. Um, Alright, so, yeah, six issues. Uh, issues 12 and 13 of Justice League and issues 9 and 10 of Suicide Squad will tie in in January. Joshua Williamson is writing. Art in the main book is going to be by Tony S. Daniel. Okay. So, uh, that's not bad. Um, Justice, Justice League. Sorry? <laughs> Yeah, he's from Justice League. Yeah, right, he's, right, he's, right. he's currently drawing Justice League. Presumably, yeah. by the time this starts, he'll be off Justice League for an arc, I imagine. Yeah. Um, Jason Fabok is going to draw the issues of Suicide Squad that are going to tie in. And on top of that, Tim Seeley is going to co-write those tie-in issues with Rob Williams, who is currently writing Suicide Squad. So, <laughs> It just gets better and better with every little trickle of yeah. news here it's like uh, we're, not, we're not done yet oh, we got more. this is this is the that's just yeah there's a lot of bullet points to this I'm, <laughs> so, I'm sort of feeding them out one bit by bit so first of all what do we think of Williamson and Tony S. Daniel writing this story fine it's great he's a good writer Daniel's a great artist yeah all right that was a lot quicker than I thought it would be but fine <laughs> well no I was just saying as long as it doesn't interrupt Birthright his image book and uh in Flash, I'm cool with it. Oh, so yeah. as long as they've been planning this out long enough in advance, that's not going to mess with those. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. sure he has because th- I'm sure he mentioned DC had had this plan before they even asked him. Okay, that, that's, cool. that's so it's been planned the, for a while. That's Carl jumping the gun again. Uh, yeah, Jeff Johns did mention uh, further down here that the first two years of Rebirth were sort of mapped out by him and the rest of the writers. So. I think that was something we heard in a rumour by yeah. probably Bleeding Cool back before Rebirth started, yeah. where they were saying there's a two there was a two year plan. And it was kinda of spun yeah. a bit negatively. Like, oh, there's two years before you get any payoff for anything was kind of the implication. Yeah, but that's again the whole internet I want everything now. Mm. If DC and this is the stance I took back then, if DC is actually taking time to plan stuff out instead of just whipping it together, please Take oh, as yeah. long as you need. I I, yeah. I I love DC when they're planning things out in advance. It's much yeah. better. Also, if John's selected Williamson to do this, that is clear that he's the the heir apparent to the John's throne. Mm. So uh, yeah, you might be right in there. And of course, Williamson is exclusive. Uh, he signed exclusive mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, as did Tim Seeley, actually. Funnily enough, <laughs> since both yeah. terms are popping up here. Um, so yeah, so that's the team and. Uh, tidbit about the uh, book as well is that Killer Frost is going to be added to the Suicide Squad and she's going to be sort of something that pops up in the event. Uh, Williamson mentioned mm. that. Uh, fair enough. She's kind of like a villain that we know but isn't like huge. So yeah, she's perfect for... Which must mean Firestorm. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's possible. Hey... Firestorm hasn't popped up in Rebirth yet, right? Uh, no, that's and that's true. it. And we know that Johns has this fascination with Firestorm. So if he's been planning this out, you know, him I'm just saying, you don't add Killer Frost and not expect Firestorm. I'm just saying. Him and Cyborg, that's Johns' two pet projects. And that's, that he keeps yep. force-feeding us and has been for decades now. And then, and then both, if you look at it from him growing up, they're both right in that 80s era you know yeah. like firestorm was ronnie raymond and he fought the uh, russian version his name was mikhail so you had like an avatar for ronald reagan and mikhail gorbachev right that's so 80s 
and uh, Cyborg and the Teen Titans of that era. Like, I'm just saying. John oh, Jones has a soft spot for the '80s, basically. Is, yeah, is, I think that's getting it. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, it's weird. But see, uh, whoever you put that effect on, Matt, with the, the black and white cartoon, uh, reapply it for me <laughs> during that last minute. <laughs> um, all right. All right, so here's the official description of the event. All right, it's a big paragraph here. So let me finish, Connor. Hey, this is why I went for the drink. I can't interrupt <laughs> if I'm thinking. All right, so the official description He's going to try, though. The day that Amanda Waller has long dreaded has finally come to pass. The Justice League has discovered the existence of Task Force X. America's paragons of truth and justice won't take well to a government-sponsored team of black ops supervillains in parenthesis with bombs implanted in their heads. But before the Justice League can shut down the Suicide Squad, a bigger problem looms. Another deadly strike team is lurking in the shadows, one that could expose dark secrets throughout DC's universe with ties to the hidden truths of Rebirth. Long-time enemies such as Batman and Deadshot, The Flash and Boomerang, and Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn will have to put aside their differences when an evil threat, once thought lost to the DC Universe, makes their return. This is my problem with them forcing Harley. They could have just said Wonder Woman and Harley. They don't have to make it sound like they're enemies. Because I feel like in another world they could be friends. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like they had the Batman Deadshot, which is yeah, roughly kind of there. Yeah. Flash yeah. Deadshot's Boom- from Gotham. I mean, Flash and Boomerang definitely is, because Boomerang's yep. one of the rogues. And then it was like, oh, we need one for Wonder Woman. Which one has boobs? Pick the one yeah. with the boobs. It <laughs> well, does feel a yeah. bit like that. However, and obviously, right. uh, Harley's front and centre on the cover, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, because the, the, the image that was released with this announcement, of course, is Batman and Harley sort of like holding each other up. And... Harley's got a green lantern ring on, and she's got a lasso, the lasso on her hand, and Batman's got dead shots like scope on, and uh, Katana's uh, Katana. Having not seen this, this sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm sure it looks great, but it, no, it's, it's it's okay. It's it's uh, I like the idea of Batman wielding the katana with dead souls in it. Though. Yeah, I, I, I like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, <laughs> Batman hates guns. So what do we give him? Uh, assassin scope. It's just a scope. <laughs> so can, it's just so you can see. It's not. Yeah. Pete, do you need a scope to wield a katana? Maybe it's got an infrared on it or something, and he's using it to. Maybe I don't. I'm just saying. That's do you weird. know what the thing I like most about this description mm-hmm. is that it's a versus story that's not even pretending that it's always going to be a versus story. Like, because every versus story ends up with them teaming up for a bigger threat. This is straight in from the start. Yes, that's what this is going to be. And the funny thing is, this is the one where I could buy it being a versus story the whole way through. Because it is a team of yeah. villains. Like, Yeah. You, you could buy that this will just be them versus them, and then there'll be a winner. Probably mm-hmm. the Justice League. And, you know. Well, I know Jim Lee really loves Suicide Squad. He's co-publisher, <laughs> so... Uh, that's true, uh, but no, I, I think it sounds fine. Um, so we can speculate maybe as to who this hidden team is that's lurking in the shadows. Um, could be Cobra, could be Colony again, could be, you know, could be the League of Shadows. Could, oh, could be the League of Shadows. That is a good point. The Suicider Squad. <laughs> this might make it more intense by adding ER. <laughs> Um, and perhaps the most interesting thing in there, I think that almost everyone will have picked up on, is the hidden truths of rebirth. 
So, obviously, this is part of the game plan. It's going to tie in. Um, another big point that we're going to have to point out here. I said point twice there. That's bad English, but yeah. Uh, you're not Shame here. On. You're not here. Also known as Scottish. You're not here for a soliloquy, right? You're here for the facts, and these are the facts. Um, right, get on with it, Macbeth. <laughs> So, uh, they mentioned that part of uh, their game plan here is that there's going to be quarterly events. Now, if this was Marvel, and Marvel said quarterly events, I'd be like, oh no. Oh dear. This is bad. However, given that this, much like the Monster Men crossover in Batman, which is starting next month, and I'm looking forward to it, uh, this is going to be over in six weeks. Well, eight weeks. It's going to be, you know, two months, completely finished. And I think the bigger point for me here, for why this isn't a big deal... It's because the only the only books that are going to stop and tie in are the books that are directly related to the event. Yeah, and that's fine. It's not like so over at Marvel. I'm reading Power Man and Iron Fist, hmm. and with Civil War going on right now, they're they had the writer tie into Civil War in such a obvious way, like it's having to halt the story they were telling, yeah. you know, to fit it in. Here it seems like if they are going to do it quarterly and it is only the books that are involved, that's kind of the way to do this. Because, I mean, let's even forget Marvel. Let's just compare it to past DC stuff. The one that comes up, I came up with, it's not even an event, but when Batman Zero Year started, like The Flash, yeah. Action Comics, um, I think one of the Green Lantern books, like, there was like a ton of books that all had a Zero Year tie-in. And, and the books were coming out monthly. And one issue of each of all these books all stopped yeah. and did like a tie-in story. The only yeah. one I stand by that was acceptable is the Action Comics one because it was the start of a run. So it didn't interrupt anything. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that is a fair point. Um, but even then, it's kind of like, well, you know, it, it feels a bit forced. Whereas here, you know, if you're reading, not even both, if you're just reading one of these, if we're reading Justice League, it gets to Justice League the Suicide Squad, it makes sense that we're going to be interested in that event, and we're already reading that yeah. book. And it's not like we have to read the Suicide Squad tie-ins to get the overall story, because they're tie-ins. Right. Yeah, so, still got the mini. Yeah, so that this works out, I think, for most people. Uh, I, I find that very few people will be someone who reads one of these books and then goes, oh, I don't want to read this event. Yeah. yeah. I, I admit, when I first read quarterly events, before I mm. looked into all this, I was concerned, because, you know, we when we're not massive fans of events all the time, right? And no, we've no. often pra- praised DC for only having so many in the last, what, six years? Uh, what, versus, three? Versus what seems to be yeah. Marvel's overlapping events. Well, yeah, there's yeah. Our events that are tied together by single issues. That's every single thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we can expect our next one in about April, then, I would guess. Yeah. yeah. So, you're on quarterly. Yeah. Um, which actually makes sense if you think about it, because that's the start of the year, the end of the year, and then like the start of the summer, and you know, going into autumn maybe. You know, so it's also worth noting that with these being double shipped quarterly, that's that's an entire arc between yeah events rather than half an arc. Yeah, exactly. Right. So no, um, as much as I am not instantly excited by the title Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Um, everything else about this is good. Like I have nothing to, to complain about beyond the initial. Like, oh, I don't know if I really care about. I just think these Suicide Squad story, but yep. good writers, good artists. Um, everything else I've said about it sounds good. The ties to Rebirth, so it's relevant to the overall thing that we all care about right now. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Right. Um, so the only thing that I'm going to add on now, uh, before I get to what something that spins out of this, is just something that uh, John said. I mentioned some of it earlier about the uh, the having a two-year plan. Um, but John's uh, was saying how this is a building block in the rebirth story. And the, the thing that I've quoted here that he said, uh, rebirth at phase two. So he's referring to like phase two is starting with this. Um, phase two as a surprising team emerges and another piece of the puzzle in the future of the DC universe and the past comes into focus. I just wanted to highlight that quote. Because uh, it just it feels such a John's thing. Feels like the same as all of Rebirth. Yeah, Past coming into focus. You know. Yeah. So, any, any actually before we move on, any guesses as to this uh, long thought forgotten villain that is going to appear? Any guesses? Any thoughts? I mean, given what they're doing in Batman and scraping some stuff from literally long forgotten stuff, <laughs> it it could be anything. It it could be. Um... I have no guesses to be honest. Um, I'm sure. Me neither. I'm sure if it, if it ties. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking of if it ties into Watchmen stuff. I'm wondering if it's going to be one of the Watchmen. That'll be the first proper. I don't you know. know. I think the way they phrased it, I would say, it isn't just because it sounds like an old DC villain yeah. rather than. Yeah, that's what I got as well. Yeah, um, but it's cool. Uh, we'll see oh. what that is when it uh, pops up. So the other bit of news that was buried in this news, right, before we got to, there's news related to this as well in a minute, but the, the bit that was buried just at the end of this news announcement of this event was that, oh, and by the way, starting in February, spinning out of this event is Justice League of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was just buried in there at the end. It was like, oh, right, okay, so that's coming in February. And we already guessed that Super Sons, which has not been announced, but we're guessing that'll be around February because it looks like that's going to spin out of the, the Superman arc that's starting in December. So um, so that's cool. JLA is coming in February. But then we got more news. Um, just yesterday we got the news of who's going to be writing that. Uh, JLA is going to be written by Steve Orlando, who is currently writing Supergirl, and this will be his second big book at DC. He's also doing the Monster Man crossover. He is also yep. Monster Man crossover, yeah. Yeah. But that'll be long done by the time we... Yeah, yeah, I just mean in terms of DC's really priming him quite a lot because they gave him, what, Midnighter in yeah, yeah. just before Rebirth. Mm. Um, yeah. Rebirth side, they've, they've given him Supergirl, Batman crossover, and now JLA. Yeah, he's yeah. getting bigger things. Um, my only disappointment... I, like the... I was going to say, my, my only disappointment about this is that my dream of Supergirl going twice a month is now dead. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> because now yeah. JLA is going to be... I mean, I've not said if it's going to be once or twice a month. I'm just kind of assuming it's going to be twice because it's JLA. Well, it's in a rebirth, right? Well, I've not noticed that. Said that was just... You never know. He oh. might he might add Supergirl to the team. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I was going to say, because if it's getting a rebirth, then there's a good shot. Because most of the rebirth books work twice, right? Most, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a good, good chance. Back... Did Batgirl have a rebirth? No, just Birds of Prey. Yeah, ba- ba- Batgirl and the Birds Typically, when there was a character appearing in two books, only one of them got yeah. a rebirth. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, because like, Hellblazer's once a month, right? Yeah. No, no some so... single shippers did. Not all. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that's not a good signifier. No. No, because Red but... had one as well, and so did uh, yeah. Birds of Prey. Blue Beetle. So, and Blue Beetle. Yeah. So. I'm just, yeah, just looking at it... With Orlando, it's good that they're actually doing what DC used to do, is they're letting these writers make a foundation before throwing them on a huge book. Mm. 
You know, like I feel like they were just trying to pull people onto books on the new 52. He should be excited because they're writing them instead of like, hey, the writer did this, you know, like Tim Seeley. So we're going to give Seeley Nightwing and then we're going to give King the other half Batman, you know, of the, yeah. the Grayson book. So and now with Orlando, like you said, he started with Midnighter, which is a book I think few people were reading. You know, it wasn't this big, massive one. And yeah, but it's getting a lot now of it's very good. Claim after the words. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. So, but that's what I mean, though, Connor. Is like, I don't think a lot of people were reading Midnighter. You know, no. So but the I fact guess... now that they're letting them have Supergirl, which ties in kind of with the TV show, you know, because they're kind of Playing inlining that, that yeah. together, and now they're giving him Justice League of America, which used to be like the flagship book at DC. Hey, it might so, still be when it hits. I mean, we, we don't know how they're yeah. going to do it. Because, I mean, yeah. one of the things we could probably talk about here is, like, uh, like what is that team? Like, is this just the main team again with, like, maybe Martian Manhunter added on? Or is this a completely different squad of people? Right. I'm inclined to think it could be the same team, more or less, because Hitch's Justice League is kind of not a flagship book. It's very much just yeah. a yeah, bit I, of fun. I agree, I agree with that assessment. That's why I think it'll mostly be the same team. But I'm hoping Martian Manhunter is yeah. uh, added to the I hope it's, I almost hope that it's bigger. Whereas like the Justice League's like the squad of those characters. Where Justice League of America can be like... You know, kind of how they used to do with the Avengers. Where the Avengers had different groups. Hmm. But then you had like the overall Avengers themselves, which you could break off. Kind of so like what they do be, with... Uh... JSA as well, where you've got such a massive yeah. roster, but they would yeah. focus in on certain groups every so yeah, often. Yeah, exactly. So that, that could be cool. So that's how you could see like a, a Red Tornado Batman type team up. Yeah. You know? Um, I could see... I, I, I can still see this being double shipping. I can see this being double shipping while Supergirl is still single, and I'm doing the three yeah. a month like that. Kind of like how Abnet's doing like two Aquaman and one Titans. Yeah, I think a lot of writers are doing this. Yeah, it's one double and one single. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, it kind of adds up to three books a month, which is about normal. Normal. Yeah, yeah that that's not unfeasible for writers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the reason why I think they might not is maybe if they want to keep them free for like, event books and stuff along the way. But I mean, yeah. we'll we'll just see how it how it pans out. Um, but no, uh, I'm looking forward to that. That is like, oh, now GLA is like something to look forward to. Not that I was like not looking forward to it, but now it's like no. there's something attached to it that makes it tangible. It's like okay, right. well, yeah, it was. It was so weird that they just announced that it was going to be a book, and there was nothing else we knew about it when it was coming out, who was writing it. And that was back in March, and now it's going to be coming out in, what, February? So almost yeah. a full year. i tell you what made so, me yeah. laugh. I saw, so when, when this news came out, I saw a comment online. I can't remember where it was. And when they announced it back at the, the WonderCon event, they said, oh, it's like, they said they had a writer, and it was like, oh, this really great writer. And everyone was speculating. And this guy was like, damn it, DC, you made me think you got Hickman. And then it was just Orlando. It's like... Well, it's just funny to me because I would much rather have Orlando than Hickman. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said. I was like, nope, nope, this this is for me. Yeah. No well will, but Hickman's writing is not for me. So by all means, keep him away from all my DC heroes, please. Thank you and kindly. He's, yeah. he's Morrison-esque. Let him, let him go work out his things. And he can come back. Because I, I would be interested in a Hickman book. I just don't know at DC. I just don't know what. Uh, give, give him some sort of like, out of continuity, like New Gods thing or something. Something weird. Well, well we know can... they're bringing back the, the Elseworld stuff, right? Yeah. So let, let him do some of that. 
Yeah. All right, uh, so that's the meeting news of the week, uh, which we quite rightly spent a lot of time on. So uh, that's the big stuff. It's uh, just some small tidbits to add on to that. DC's got some more exclusives that they signed this week. Um, all artists. So they've signed Robson Roca to an exclusive. They have from Green Lanterns. From Green Lanterns. They've signed Rafa Sandoval, uh, who did Green Lanterns and, or sorry, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. And the probably the bigger one that I think we're all more excited about is Otto Schmidt. Who did the first few issues of Green Arrow? So he's now exclusive yep. to DC. It's all great stuff for DC, really, because yeah. they're all talented guys. Yeah, and we already mentioned that yeah. they've already signed uh, Tim Seeley and Joshua Williamson to exclusives. Like they're really building a a roster of people who are the core, probably, of what the next few years of DC will be. It feels like instead of having a, a singular Jeff Johns esque person to guide everything, they've got an actual pool of talent where they're kind of collectively doing it which is the way to do it when you've got this much stuff to run i, I agree and Un- unless you have someone who is capable of doing that like jeff john somehow is <laughs> i don't know how he keeps it all straight in his head honestly yeah, but yeah, i don't know either but no it's, uh, it's it's good news so uh that'll wrap up the thankfully meaty news uh for this week there's no books <laughs> Uh, so it was nice that it all dropped this week, and I guess that was their way of keeping relevant in a week, you know, where it'd otherwise be. Yeah, I'm sure it was very intentional. Yeah, I think even the timing of the event as well, the fact that it'll be coming out in December and January when typically it's a bit quieter in terms of big events, just because, you know, they wanted to be summer events. They want, you know, that tends to be the time of the year when. Because everyone's thinking about the holidays, yeah. and no one's really paying that much attention. So in a weird usually. way, they've kind of just carved out that month those two months for themselves smart so all right so that'll wrap up the news and we will get on to just a uh, general dc discussion here so i've got some different things we can do the first thing that i wanted to do is because one of the big compliments we got for our new 52 episode the last time we had a fifth week with no books was that it was a really helpful episode and like deciding the sort of things that they can go back and read if they're new to dc comics and things like that. So what I actually wanted to do uh, first is talk about where to start with DC Comics. Uh, if you're going back and looking at trades, maybe for some of the specifically some of the bigger characters and general places to, you know, break into it with. Um, I think what the two will knock out right away really quickly is probably Flash and Green Lantern because I feel like those two is a really quick and easy answer. Where you yeah. just hand them one or two runs and say, these are the ones yep. you need. Uh, so, Green Lantern, you read Jeff Johns' Green Lantern, which is, you know, spanning, uh, what was it, 60 odd plus another 18, 20. 20? Was it yeah. 20? Uh, and then if you really want to do it properly, you read Green Lantern Core with it as a companion. Because they really play off each other quite well, nicely. S- well, starting when um, Gleason and Tomasi, thank you. Yeah. Popped on. Yeah, it was about issue six, I want to say. Yeah, yeah it's so, not very far in at all. Yeah, because it was John's for the first five, right? The first arc? He, I think he co-wrote the first arc. Right. No, of Green Lantern Corps, it was Dave Gibbons. It was completely separate. It was Kai Gardner's book. Oh, really? Um, there, yeah. was something, there was something near the start that John's co-wrote. Maybe it, was three, a, maybe it was a separate mini. It, well, you had, you had uh, Recharge, which he co-wrote. Ah, uh, that's what afterwards. I'm thinking of. Yeah, and yeah. that was that... That set the, the series of characters that Tomasi would play with after. But when Dave Gibbons had uh, – it was a Guy Gardner-centered book where 
it was like different aspects of the core, and they were like three issue arcs. So like one, he does this like black ops undercover called the Corpse, which is spelled like a dead body, uh, where he swallows like this thing that emits like a purple ring energy. But I think they kind of got rid of all that stuff once John started heading in the color spectrum direction because it felt very untied to what he was doing. Yeah, um, so, but it was real interesting. Yeah, so that ties into uh, Green Lantern, of course, which starts with, funnily enough, a mini called Green Lantern Rebirth, which is, I yeah. believe, the first place that, that that word rebirth became a thing. In yep. Yeah. And yep. So it's no surprise that John's came back to that word a few times. Um, so yeah, that introduces the whole idea of the color spectrum and the other colored lanterns, which at the time is great, and in that run is great. We're just, you know, sick of them now. But well, even in that run, it got tiresome. Like well, towards the end, sure, but everything up until Blackest uh, Night, and Blackest Night is like a big yes. capper to all that was fantastic. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so that would be the Green Lantern that I would say go read. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go back and read classic stuff that's a bit goofier. You can, but if if you're wanting to read what's relevant to the Green yeah. Lantern. Yeah, that's that's I, very much the the restarting of modern Green Lantern yeah. stories, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And it, it 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 runs all the way from like 2004 up until 2012. Uh, like so you know, it's most of the last decade of Green Lantern stuff. Eight years, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this blows my mind. I know. I know. There's, a, there's a few omnibuses out if you want to buy them that way. Yeah, three. Yeah. Three? There yeah. you go. A complete run yeah. of three omnibuses. Um, and they're also doing the thicker trades and stuff to make life simple. Yeah, the, so, the books. Yeah. Um, Flash, pretty similar. Um, you've got Jeff Johns' run, which is phenomenal. Uh, again, three omnibuses, or there's, they're actually in the middle of releasing the thicker trades, I believe, right now. Yeah, yeah. DC are doing a really yeah, great two. job with this lately, yeah. where they're collecting maybe, I think it's about 12 issues of trade usually. Yeah. They're, priced, they're priced really well. And they're good quality. So if you want to check out the yeah. other stuff, those are the way to go usually. Yeah, so that's, that's Flash. I'd, I'd also recommend, without having read it yet, this is something that's on my to-do list, is go back and oh. read Mark Wade's run on The Flash. Yep. Now, yeah. it's worth mentioning that both his run and Johnsy's run are actually both Wally West because this was in the 20-year-plus mm-hmm. period where Barry was thought dead. And well, no, he, he was dead. Well, He was, yeah, he was claimed by the Speed Force. Well, I mean, we could argue the semantics of whether or not he, he was actually dead in that time. For all but, intents and purposes, yeah. he was dead. Well, yeah, yeah, because he comes he was... back in Blackest Night as a corpse. He comes back true. before... No, well, what I mean hmm. is he's one of the, the ones that are affected, like Superman, who oh, died. Okay, true, okay. Right, that's good evidence so... to support your, your statement over mine. Yeah. Um... Okay. Pete becoming a lawyer all of a sudden. No, 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 no. It was just because I was thinking, right, he comes back in Final Crisis, and yeah, you know. But you're right. There was a he had his own rebirth. But yeah, he was. He got affected with the other heroes that had died. That was that's what made it because he went from being a Black Lantern to a Blue Lantern over the course of Blackest Night, which was pretty cool. So yeah. Um, so for Flash, you've got Mark Wade run, which is pretty long. They're doing the thick trades for that. There's no omnibuses, unfortunately, but maybe they'll get around to that someday. Um, and that was just quite long as well. And then for these trades, if you want to search them, just put Flash by Jeff Johns. Yeah. Same goes for other characters that we're yeah. talking about here. Um, so, and if you want to go further than that and go right up till Flashpoint, Johns had one short little run with Barry Allen. Uh, he, he did the Flash Rebirth, which was a mini, and then there was like a 12-issue series, and then Flashpoint, which led into the New 52. So that would basically sum up 
again the past like you know couple decades of the Flash for you. Obviously, yep. there's, a, there's a few things in between those runs, but nothing super prominent. Um, yep. But those are the, those yeah. are the big staples. So those are the easy ones. I feel like those are the easy ones because it's just these are the big building blocks. There you go. That's done. Whereas when we go over to Batman, I feel like Batman doesn't have a run, but there's a lot of prominent Batman stories that you look at and you build like a rough reading order because like oh that's set at the start of his career as Batman that's set early on and then like okay this must be later because all these characters are there um yeah so I think typically you say Batman year one yeah it's the obvious one isn't it yeah yep I finally read that last year I had read Young forever not having read it (laughs) um it's impressive actually well I'd say say Batman Begins like that was enough (laughs) in my head you know what I mean so, but it was, it's really good. I mean, it's four issues, so yeah. it's, it's not massive. And uh, it was I, actually like, it wasn't billed as, as year one, like this big, huge deal. It was put up in issues of Batman by Frank Miller. Yeah. You know, so that was pretty cool. And that was right out of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, it was like a year so. after that, or maybe even less than that after yeah. I finished. Um, for me, I would always, I'm dropping my bottle of water cap as a, Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would always I would say year one, and then I would you could slot in um, Batman, fun enough, and the Monster Men and the Mad Monk, which is written by uh, Matt Wagner, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be set right after year one. It's not essential, yeah. but it's a fun little couple of trades if you want to. But the next major building block, I would say, is the Long Halloween. Definitely, yes. Um, I uh, I read that for the first time last year. Oh, good. It's fantastic. I, I assume you, yeah, loved it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably my favourite Batman story. Yeah, and then, uh, and obviously it's got a sequel, it's direct sequel with the same team called Dark Victory, which isn't as amazing, but it's still really great. Yeah, um, so, it's on my two-read, top my two-read pile. Now, same. All that said, if you do want to uh, slot in, like, a first, like, appearance, or not appearance, but a first, the first like time the Batman meets the Joker, like that first story, mm-hmm. um, Ed Brubaker's The Man Who Laughs is probably the best modern representation of that. And you'd probably slot that in before Long Halloween because the Joker's already existing by the time you get to yeah. Long Halloween. But um, that, that's kind of your early years of Batman. And then there's other things. If you, if you read the trades from Legends of the Dark Knight, all those stories are set in the early years of Batman. And that gives you like the first appearance of things like Venom that leads to Bane and um, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of this is like not essential though. It's just if you want it. It's not, but like it's the thing if you get if you get into Batman. And when I first started reading comics and I was reading the trades, like I was, I was like, okay, I want all the early Batman stuff. And when I say early, I want all the early career stuff to sort of build an almost like a a makeshift continuity out of like you know. Man. Yeah, it makes sense. That's completely opposite of what I did. I just went to a shop and grabbed whatever Batman issue <laughs> I did too. was current there. So, and that was right under under the Red Hood. Oh, I uh, was going on. So, that was a nice nice little entryway. So, well, that's interesting. Yeah, well, mm. I, I think most people like the idea of starting at the start, and I think that's impossible yeah. with these bigger heroes. But with Batman, you can kind of makeshift that. Yeah. Into existence. Well, because every writer knows that year one is continuity. Like that is just a jump off. No matter what era of Batman, and year no matter one, what they say about Zero Year, yeah. But even then, Zero Year is just a, another take on Year One, because there's there's parts from Year One because we all know that 
that Snyder has claimed that's his like favorite Batman story, but like the yes father I'll become the bat moment. Mm, you know, yeah. it's just done up differently, but every every iteration of Batman, even Morrison's, which plays more on the crazy silver agey, you know, neon type hallucinatory stuff, even plays on year one. You know? Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's uh, like I I, I wouldn't want to go further in the timeline like that. Obviously, if you want to go deep into Batman, then you get to things like Morrison's run and you get to Underwood yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I will say I will recommend one more book though, um, which is completely. It's not it's not in continuity, although you could believe it is. Like you could believe this happens somewhere in continuity. Yeah. Uh, but I really love uh, Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum, a serious house, uh, serious house, a serious house on a serious <laughs> earth. Um, yeah. I love that book. It's a very dreamlike book. It, I think it's the same. Uh, is it the same artist who did Sandman? But the Sandman. Yeah, case. I want to say. Yeah. It's very scratchy and surrealist yeah. art. Yeah, surrealist art, and the whole plot of that one is that Batman, or sorry, the Joker in Arkham Asylum with all the other villains basically overtake the asylum. They they riot and they don't go outside. They just take control of the asylum, and. They have one demand. They've got hostages. They've got like the nurse and stuff and all that. And they've, they've got one demand that the Batman go in there and join them because he belongs there with them. And it's just a wonderful trip through a mad story, which has a really hopeful, uplifting ending, in my opinion. Um, yeah. so. it, it's a story that is very familiar now, like mm. the idea of them taking the asylum and and, mm. and Batman like forcing his way, making his way through a gauntlet. But this is still. An, excellently told version of that oh, yeah. well he came out in what 88 89 yeah like, yeah so yeah so um no i think that'll wrap it up for batman i don't want to spend too long uh these individually so jumping over to superman the problem i think with superman is that you have about five different versions of his origin to pick from yes and they're yeah. all but i'll tell you what the best is so because it works for any time frame is birthright. I I am not going to even dispute that, but at the same time, yeah. I, I can't sit here and say that I don't love uh, Superman for all seasons or Superman Secret Origin. Look, they're all good. This is the crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the problem with for all seasons though is it feels like it's set out of continuity because it is classic uh, Superman, sure. and it sure. it it feels older, timey, and it yeah, and it's still a great read, but it doesn't strike me as an origin. I mean, it kind of strikes me as a Luther origin because you really get into his headspace in that third issue. It's also, but in terms of, it's just worth mentioning that's the same team that did Long Halloween and Dark Victory. So if you want, if you like those and you want the Superman take from those guys, then Superman for all seasons is where you go for that. And see, it also strikes me more as a color book that they did for Marvel. We have Daredevil Yellow, Spider Man Blue, Hulk Gray, Mm -hmm. with for all seasons. You know, just because it feels like it's just a, a snapshot in the career of this hero. Yeah, they're very yeah. personal stories, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so uh, whereas Secret Origin and Birthright are both straight-up origins, where Secret Origin is John's retelling Superman's origin in bits. You know, so each issue feels kind of standalone, but plays to the larger uh, story of Superman, and you I- get elements from all... The different versions of Superman. Like, there's the, the animated series stuff. Yeah. There's the Superman movie, the Donner one, uh, stuff. But for me, Birthright by Mark Wade, because oh, that is a writer. That, 
go on, I just wanted to point so, out that Gary Frank, who does the art for Superman Secret Origin, he draws yeah. Christopher Reeve as Superman. Like, because we make yeah, it every time. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's not even Superman. It's Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. But to you be fair, I mean? that is essentially just saying it. He's drawing Superman at this point. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's not like you look at it and go, "That kind of looks like Christopher Reeve." It's straight up. He took pictures from Christopher Reeve and has transcribed yeah. them. Yeah. Into the art of Superman. Because Lois doesn't look like Margot Kidder. She looks like Lois Lane. So, and same with Lex. Uh, but that one, Secret Origin 2, also has has some fun with the Clark and Lex dynamic. Plays yeah. up on them knowing each other's kids. So, uh, and so does Birthright, to be fair. Uh, but I just, for me, it Birthright hits more of the emotional moments. Whereas Secret Origin acts like snapshots. Super is great, but Birthright is a journey. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you could oh. even almost throw American Alien in as kind of a origin. That, that was my next point, yeah. too, was right up next to Birthright is American Alien. Where it took, like, it was almost like Max Line is like, I'm going to take Secret Origin, and I'm going to take Birthright, and I'm going to smash them together, and I'm going to tell these, like, single issue stories that feel like a journey. Do you know? So. As much as we're saying Birthright's the best one, honestly, I would recommend just reading all of the ones we've just mentioned because they're, yeah. they're yeah. all fantastic. So. Yeah. And, I, and, and once you've read all of those for all seasons, Birthright, American Alien, uh, Secret or- wait, did I say Secret Origins? There's four. After you read your fill of those, you can go to John Byrne's Man of Steel because it feels very 80s. It's very dated, it's, it's still a good read. Yeah. It's just it's so weird like to read comics of that era like year one for batman feels like it could have been written this year yeah. the way that miller writes Same it with, yeah. uh, i mentioned dark asylum a serious house and a serious earth yeah that reads like that could have been written like this year yeah. whereas a lot of other like batman comics in the early 90s feel super dated you know it's, yeah. I mean, yeah it was this really weird transitional period where some writers were like going ahead of the time and they were writing like, yeah. modern comics but some writers were still doing like goofier cheesier you know. tried true yeah and that's very much the man of steel whereas you get a team up with batman that is so 80s like the it, thing is it is enjoyable and it's yeah. worth reading but it's nowhere near as essential as these other ones we've just mentioned no and that, those are just the origin too you know which i think that's part of the problem with superman and people getting into superman is a lot's paid to the origin and there's not enough in between like, it's hard even for me as a massive fan of the character to suggest stories to people that I would, aren't... I would also say part of that is due to the endless crossovers, whereas... So they're very interconnected and they're tightly woven stories that span, like, years, whereas it's the out-of-continuity minis and stuff yeah. that actually stick as these are the essential what, Superman books. What I will recommend, yep. though is Superman Brainiac from Jeff Johns. And we're recommending a lot of Jeff yep. Johns here, but uh, that is a fantastic... There's a, there's a reason for that. That guy understands DC on a certain level. He does. Even uh, even the early Superman Batman from uh, Jeff Loeb. Uh, that, was, yeah. that was going to be my main recommendation. Uh, obviously, Loeb, it's 50-50 on Batman, that but it's, you know, it's very, it's very good. Yeah. But the moments there where you he does dueling narration box of what Superman thinks of Batman and what Batman thinks of Superman. And there's a mutual respect there, which that was my first introduction to 
get back into comics was Jeff Loeb's Batman Superman along with John's Teen Titans. So that's why I think I have such an issue like when Batman v Superman comes out and everyone's playing up on the fight. I was just yeah, like, well, yeah. these guys are friends and they respect each other and they're not just going to show up and fight. Like that wasn't a thing until Dark Knight Returns. Which I think is strange that we didn't mention in the Batman section as essential reading. You know? It's because we, we started with the starter career and we were talking about yeah. where to start. That's kind of like, yeah. if, if you read a bunch I, of stuff, that's kind of your theoretical endgame. I, I know, but I'm just saying I'm proud of us for not mentioning that because that is a book that gets a lot of love, as it should. But, you know, I think I just that's actually of, one of those that reads quite dated. Yeah, because it, it does. Yeah, like, un, like unlike year one, which doesn't at all Dire Returns really feels of its time but yeah so but like what people were saying with Jeff Loeb's Batman Superman up until where Loeb leaves that book that's a very good indicator of both heroes like if you want to read because they're just they're in continuity but they're kind of off to the side because they're doing their own thing so like they reintroduced Supergirl in that book and Loeb ended up taking her off into her own series you know but it wasn't like it was crossing over into whatever was going on at DC at the time. Uh, also worth pointing out, Superman, Batman, uh, that series that started with Loeb, is also getting this like thick trade treatment at DC right now. Uh, huh? I don't know how many volumes it's on just now, but I think it's got a couple of I'd, I'd like to throw out a recommendation that no, no one else will for Superman, and it's it's another John story. This is uh, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. It's... No one else! Get out of here, Ginger! <laughs> All right. Normally, no one else will. I'm in. I'm in the the one podcast with the exception where that's not true. Yeah. Well, that, that even goes back to his Justice League, Justice Society crossover with Brad Meltzer, the Lightning Saga, which reintroduced the Legion. Um. So, but yeah, that that series shows how important the Legion was for Superman, and Superman was for the I Legion. Think the thing is, it reads perfectly well on its own if you've read none of that other stuff. Yep. It works. What's what is best about it for me? Is it shows why Superman is a hero? Like it shows exactly why why you should like him as a character, more yeah. than almost any other book for me. Should probably read that at some point, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. <laughs> it's good because they're the they're team getting teams. ready to re-release those, I think, too. Because I have the feeling that John's they're going to be re-releasing a lot of his stuff, and his Superman run was on Action Comics, I should say, so it wasn't in the proper Superman book. Yeah, it was Action Comics. Is another one of those was another one of those that there's probably a good hefty trade. Probably not enough for an Omni, but there's enough issues there. Yeah, he did, uh, he did a few shorter arcs. He did, uh, of course, uh, that three-issue Maniac yeah. Uh, yeah. arc, which was a fun little story. Um, all right, let's get off Superman. All right, we've done some Superman here. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman's a bit more tricky for me to recommend because I, I haven't really read a whole lot of older... I mean... I'm just going to throw my hand in there and say, Greg Rucker did a run. <laughs> um, yeah. Which just that that people love. So, you know, by all means, yeah. try that. I, I quite like Gail Simone's stuff, personally. Mm. I don't yeah. know if you've ever read any of that. No. no, Wonder Woman's always one of those that I would go like, hey, a new writer, I'm going to try it out. And I had an issue, I was like, this is okay, I guess. Um, like when they made her like an agent of, of, it wasn't Argus yet, but she was working with Trevor for the government. Mm. And she had like a Diana Prince was working, but Wonder Woman wasn't. Like it was just so weird that I was fascinated. And they also did Amazon's Attack, which was another time I had tried 
reading Wonder Woman. But I think right now is we're getting back to back pretty decent. Ones. I think it's it's easy to recommend the Azarello stuff as well because it yeah. it does just stand entirely on its own as a complete thing. Here's what forty odd issues, give or take. I think it was less yep. than that. Yeah, including like the villains and the zeros. Oh, that's true. It's it's, it's about forty-ish. Yeah. You go. Here's the entire thing. It covers origin to a good point point in a career. Yeah. Cool. It um, almost stands alone, like you said too, because they they work in the new gods with the Olympian gods. Yeah. Which is such a weird concept to try to buckle down, but he nails it. Absolutely. We'll just go one, do one more of these because we actually spent quite a lot of time in this. So I didn't think we would. Um, yeah. So we'll do one more, and that's just general sort of DC like events kind of thing. Mainly because I just want to tell everyone to go read Identity Crisis uh, more than anything else. Uh, Identity oh, Crisis. Geez, shit. <sighs> Identity Crap Crisis. Storm ensuing. I'll try I'll try Identity Crisis, and then the major stories leading up to. Infinite Crisis, with Infinite Crisis mm-hmm. being like the sort of the end of that kind of chunk, I highly recommend that that period of like general DC sort of like events and crossovers because Identity Crisis is probably my favorite or second favorite DC event, and then all was it really like, an event though or just a story? Because it had a standalone, but nothing really tied in, did it? What well, identity? That depends if you think it needs to tie into things to make it an event. I don't know. It's a much more personal story for me, and it feels like a story versus like it had ramifications, you know. But I don't, I don't think of it as an event. Ah, whatever. A story or no, an event. No, <laughs> you're fine. I'm just <laughs> talking it out, yeah. like um, semantics again. But yeah. I love that that story, and then the stuff that spins out of that, uh, leading up mm. to Infinite Crisis, the Crisis of Conscious Justice League arc, which is a direct mm. sequel to the events of that. Um, and then you've got the OMAC project mini, and you've got um, I think it was United. Countdown to Infinite Crisis one shot was I think started that, and then yeah. it led to a, a Superman Shazam story at one point, and then it all builds up to Infinite Crisis. That period of DC, if you want to get like the good DC sort of events, we've already mentioned Green Lantern and Blackest Night, but if you want the probably the best period in DC for these sort of stories, I think that's the period you're you're looking at, 2002 to 2006. That's that's my favorite era, so yeah. I also give a shout. I know it's maybe not quite classing as an event, but fifty-two. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it I, functions I, kind of as an event. Not, not to get into semantics, but I would definitely not yeah. call that an event because it's a weekly series it's that ran for a year. You know, it like, is, but yeah. it kind of at the same time it plays like an event, like the way it's oh, structured. They did the whole one year later thing after Infinite Crisis, and to fill you in on that year. They did 52, but as the writers and artists started going on these journeys with the characters, it stopped like being that thing that was going to answer these questions. And so they ended up having to do some filler in, like with World War Three, because a lot of these series were talking about stuff that had happened that hadn't happened yet. By by the time we got to like issue 40 of 52, like we're talking about stuff that was supposed to happen that hadn't happened yet, you know, which I just think shows the type of thing 52 was was just this awesome year-long story for these almost B-level characters. I mean, that was the series that made me love Booster Gold. Yeah, was definitely. Infinite Booster Crisis. Gold, uh, the Question. Renee uh, Montoya. Yeah. yeah. Was Deadman in that as well? No. No, not Deadman. Okay. No, I'll have to go someone else. 
Yep. But yeah, yeah, you had, you had this like roster of B-listers who kind of stepped up because that was the whole idea: is that Batman, yep. Superman, and the rest of the big big guys were all gone for a year. Yep. It was the, these these jobbers essentially who. Uh, I think up. it's it's a wonderful thing for to read as part of, like this DC Universe tapestry though because it's like why you should love more than just the the, the title character so to speak oh, yeah. why why there's more than just the a-listers it's a perfect showcase of a, a range of these smaller ones it's exactly it is the dc universe in book form because you get everything like lobo shows up as a priest that worships space dolphins it's fantastic like, that shouldn't be something i want to read but it was like one of the funner moments of 52 and then you also have ralph dibney playing constantine basically like he's super depressed and uh, investigating these mystical things, and you don't know why up until the end. And I thought that was pretty fun. Like, and these are characters that I normally wouldn't have read, and they're getting showcased here. So it was, it was the yeah. same when uh, Brightest Day happened after Blackest Night, and you had the Brightest yep. Day bi-weekly series, which I mean, it had Aquaman, who's probably the biggest character, but it was like Aquaman, Hawkman, Deadman, and uh, Hawk and Dove. Like, you know, it was, I mean, Hawk and Dove, I've never read a Hawk and Dove book before. Yeah. But, you know, here I am reading this series and Hawk and Dove are like main characters, and it's, you know, it's a good, good way of getting you into some of these other characters. That's where Deadman yeah. came in. Was... Yeah, that's where Deadman came in, yeah. that's what I was thinking, probably. Um, all right, so let's wrap that up. I know there's probably more things we could go, we could go down different avenues, and maybe one day we'll return to this kind of discussion and look at other minor characters, but. Uh, let's move on. Now this next one is just a bit of fun. Well, mm-hmm. it's a mean bit of fun. Um, so I'm going to give you three characters, right? And uh-huh. you have to wipe one of them from existence. Okay. Right. All right. So you just get a pick. Oh, just I was waiting choice. for like a an MFK type game. And... Oh, no, no, not quite that. Not quite that. I lost yeah, so, two, to be honest. It's always a wipe from existence, and do what, and do what. No, 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 they all, yeah. all two just get to live. You just need to wipe okay. one from existence so that all they right, never so... existed in comics. All right, so we need to play Dan Didio. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so I've got four four batches, right? So batch okay. number one. Lana Lang. Mm-hmm. Iris West. I already don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> and Linda Park. I think I think go, I know. Go, right, Connor. Connor. Connor's got a, an answer. I'm gonna go with Lana Lang because Superman still has Lois. <laughs> the thing is, Superman still has Lois, whereas the others yeah, but, don't have anyone else. But Lana is not only his love interest, but his best friend outside of oh, Pete Ross. I know. So, like, who does he go to then? I know, but the others fill. The entirety of those roles. My my so, my, my answer is yeah. going to annoy Connor because he, he didn't think of it. So, so Connor, Connor you're done. You're, you're quiet now until this round's hey. over. Uh, Matt, how you go? Off you go. So I'm gonna wipe Linda Park just based oh. off of she's yeah. So they've already done that. They've just finally brought her back for Wally. Hmm. But I feel like when you have like you don't really need that extent of the flash family versus iris west who if we're playing the whole time travel thing no iris no bart allen right so no impulse and young justice and that fun stuff so no lana i already gave my thing so what's interesting about this is that we've all picked different answers because i'm going to say iris west 
And the reason why I'm going with Iris West is because, as we said with Lana, Superman's best friend growing up, and I think it's great that there's a... Uh, like, even though she has... She, there's a bit of a love interest in the teens, she becomes a platonic friend, and I think that's yep. important. Linda yep. Part, I think, is vital to Wally. Their relationship is great, and leads to the kids, who will hopefully get back at some point. Um, Let's not rush them, Pete. All where's, right. No, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning through timey-wimey things, restoring okay. the past, not okay. them just having kids immediately. Whereas well, now he's still the fastest man alive. As, as much as as much as Iris is great, at least Barry can have Patty if there's no Iris. Or perhaps even Mina, who's in the comics just now. There's other options that I can see Barry I, being happy with. Yeah, I feel like Mina is playing the Patty role now. Yeah. Yeah. In the comics, so. But you know, Patty Spivet, I could I could love if they said, you know what, Patty's going to be the, the full time love interest now going forward. Oh man, I mean, you could still do the Bart Allen thing with any of those characters. Sure, because it, it suddenly it, changes Bart Allen, but yeah, it only needs the last know. name to be Allen. So as long as Bart. Oh well, yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Right. So round two. Sinestro. Mm-hmm. Captain Cold. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. This one's easy. All right, okay. Want to go, Matt? I'm I'm getting rid of Sinestro, just okay. because I cool. He wields a yellow ring. Like I can have Green Lantern fight Mongol and a host <laughs> of others. Like for me, Sinestro is so great in the Training Day role, where he's the the Denzel Washington to Hal Jordan's Ethan Hawke, and then kind of after that, he's less interesting. The whole Sinestro core than that. Whereas with Cold. He's a blue-collar villain that really just wants to help himself. He's not interested in killing. And Lex, come on. He's like the greatest <laughs> villain of yeah. all time. I, I agree with I think Cold can't be taken away because Cold's relationship with Flash is very unique. And I think that would rob <laughs> that of something important. Yep. Um, but I do think uh, Hal and Sinesh will kind of have elements of that too. It, it see, takes... this is the thing. I, I would probably get maybe get rid of Cold. Because, like you say, yeah, he has that unique relationship, but I feel like other rogues could step up into that sort of role. Whereas Sinestro, Sinestro and Hal, like they've kind of forged each other into these the characters that they are today, like to such a degree more than mm. more than Flash and Cold. Interesting arguments. Uh, so I'm going to go with Lex. No, I'm not. I'm going with Sinestro. As I say, yeah, you got goddamn mind. I'm not getting rid of Lex. Come on, like, no, Lex. that was that was the easy option. It's like, yeah. okay, here's one that you know no one's gonna pick. So fight over the other two. Yeah. All right. Round three. Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown. I knew where this is going. Cassandra Kane. <laughs> yeah. This is easy for me. Yeah. Admittedly, it's easy for me, well. but I feel bad because the one that I feel yeah. like is the easy one to cut. I don't want to be cruel. To yeah, you don't want you don't want to dismiss her entirely, but I, I feel like we've all got the same answer here. Yeah, if I can yeah, wipe Cassandra Kane from existence, it's fine because DC kind of already did that once. So, <laughs> but you not, know, but we're not losing Babs and we're not losing Steph. No, exactly. You can't you can't wipe Babs because then you're losing a lot of the Dick Grayson story, a lot of the Bruce Wayne. You know, in some continuities, she's for his first partner, right? Mm-hmm. So like. They play off of that role. I'm not talking the Killing Joke because throw that out the movie. 
that's just terrible. Oh yeah, of course. But and even even uh, for Jim as well, the Jim Gordon. Yeah, for... and and following the Killing Joke as Oracle, she shaped so much of the DC universe. Exactly, and the Birds of Prey. Exactly. Yeah. And she became such a great character for for handicap or handicapped people. No, no, you I know? like that. I like that. We can have a disabled superhero called Handicapped. Yeah, that was that was a very good slip up there, Matt. That was. Um, but yeah, so you know, Stephanie Brown is just great. Her from spoiler to kind of, she just started off as the girlfriend to Tim Drake and Robin, hmm. and then became the spoiler. Had the whole pregnancy story, which hit again. Like I don't think we'd ever see something like that again. Unwed teenage mother superhero. Then, of course, she became the Waffle Queen, which we all know her as today. Well, also, she was the first in continuity, anyways, female Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always gets overlooked, that, doesn't it? Yeah, so, and that whole ploy between Leslie Tompkins to teach, which was so dumb, to teach Bruce a lesson, we're going to fake her death, as if he wasn't living with enough guilt from Jason Todd. Like, mm. you know, but yeah, so Stephanie Brown definitely like, oh. Slight, slight side point here. I think in the future episodes, whenever I'm giving a spoiler warning at the start, I'm instead yeah. going to say there's going to be uh, Stephanie Browns uh, yeah. throughout this episode. <laughs> and then some poor person's going to be expecting waffles because that's shorthand <laughs> for Stephanie Brown. So. I think I feel bad because I haven't read enough Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I've I've got a run uh, sitting there. The, the, again, the thick trades of Cassandra Cain's Batgirl like is coming out. A lot of people love her, and I am looking for, and I've loved her in Detective Comics. So I am looking forward to yeah. reading that run. So, uh, but it's, but it's still even even that. It's hard to think that she'll top the other two. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Last round of this. Green Arrow. Martian Manhunter. Aquaman. Is it stereotypical if I just say Aquaman? <laughs> no. You, you can say Aquaman, but you do have to back up your, your choice. All right. Martian Manhunter, Don't say I feel... Don't talks to fish. No, I'm not... <laughs> that wasn't even going to be a damn Good. point. Right. Martian Manhunter, I think, is one of the most unique and interesting characters in the entire DC universe. He's got such a very power set. He's got such a tragic story. He's law enforcement outside of his time as a superhero. Everything about it is just interesting. Plus, you know, he's cool as anything else. And then Green Arrow is just so... I, I really like Green Arrow. I really like the, the, the socially conscious stories. I think they're always interesting. He's a great vehicle for those. Plus, you got all the stuff with Black Canary. You don't, don't want to get rid of that. Well, I understand where you're coming from. I am tempted to go with Green Arrow for this. The oh. reason, the reason, and I don't. I love Green Arrow, and obviously the book right now is one of the best that's happening. It's great stuff, but Martian Manhunter is just not happening, right? Because he's Martian Manhunter and he's great, and he's he's the unsung hero of the DC universe. Says you, but given the choice, I'm wiping Martian Manhunter. Oh, God, no! What? What? Yeah. Come on! This this is the most egregious choice yet. No, because it's it's Martian Manhunter. Cool, he got teleported here. He's tragic. He can't be lit on fire, just like everybody else. Okay, right. I'm changing I mean, my you like me on, earlier. Lex Luthor's like... now my pick for the one two. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. But... You just take away like the keystone of comics, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Martian Manhunter's really not. Judging from the fact that every time they try to do a book, 
of his. It's kind of a hard character. He's even well, harder to nail down well, than well, Superman. I don't necessarily think he even needs his own book, but I think as the man who brings the DC Justice League together, I think that's important. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think he necessarily it's, works as a solo character, but as I a almost, part of the universe, he's essential. I almost rather see him part of the Justice Society than the Justice League, because he is such an yeah. old-school character, you know? But that's just me. Just don't be knocking my boy John Jones, all right? I am not. I'm just saying. Out of those two, Aquaman, who I've I've fought that he just talks to fish like my whole life of people. I'm like, no, Aquaman's actually kind of cool. So Matt, no, Aquaman, so Matt, Aquaman is kind of cool. But yeah. Matt, how did you feel that huh? when you when you watched the Justice League trailer and literally one of the only moments with Aquaman was, so I hear you talk to fish. The way, like, see, I like a Ben Affleck as one of those guys that can can pull off the smarmy, where he knows he's pushing buttons, so mm. it's fine. But, like, the people that legitimately say that, you know, like, it's like, come on. And I came up when he had the trident hand or the hook hand. Mm. So I was like, this dude's an underwater pirate. What are you talking about? Uh, (laughs) And I completely misunderstood him as a character. But, you know, and for Green Arrow, for me, he's he's a little bit too much like Batman. And that's why the social stuff really works to his advantage because it sets him apart. That's exactly why I picked Green Arrow. Just because, yeah, some writers do different enough things with him that that, that's fine. But out of the three... He has kind of got these similarities with Batman, so I think out of the three, I'd pick him. To put fair enough. In the golden age, he drew You're wrong, but part. it's fair enough. <laughs> so. All right. Now, the next thing I was going to do, uh, given that we're now running longer on everything else than I thought we would, I'm going to skip the next one. The next one was going to be for us as a committee, build a DC movie universe from the ground up, but that is going to last at least an hour. That's, so, that's an episode, that's an episode on, on its own. Yeah. yeah. So Thank we're going to skip that. We're going to keep it strictly to other things. So I've got another quick fire one here for you. Oh, wait, no, no, I don't, I don't, sorry. I've skipped one, I've skipped one. Not that they're all done Mars, but I wanted to Give put it together, producer. the quick fire ones. Right. Shoddy so, work here. Here we go. Shut your face, Ginger. Now, here we go. Right, so, I'm going to give you a scenario, right? There's a, there's an event happening in the DC Universe, right? And the, either a team of villains that we already know or some new super powerful villain, it doesn't matter, have captured the entire Justice League. Batman, Superman, your Green Lantern, your Flash, your Wonder Woman. The Big Seven. The Big Seven. Um, I assume for this we're counting Manhunter and not Cyborg as the Seven. Sure. Um, <laughs> All right, man, Cyborg's my team. Gotta get him in there. Even, even <laughs> some of the B Squad necessarily. Green Arrow, sure. We'll throw in Green Arrow in that mix and maybe, you know, whatever. So your decision here is that through this event, you're going to take a minor hero. You're going to take someone who's like a C-lister and make them single-handedly save the Justice League, therefore elevating them to A-level status. Who are you picking? Zatanna. Oh, that was quick. I'll, I'll give it to him. That was quick. Yeah. Why Zatanna? I think... I, I love Zatanna. She's fantastic. The, the Dini stuff with her is incredible. Plus, magic, you know. It's it's kind of it's kind of an easy choice for if you if you want someone to to win anything, go with magic because you can kind of just change the limitations at your whim. Which is That's why Peter hates it. Which is why exactly why I hate magic. I know, yeah. I know, but for yeah. this scenario, I'm using it to my advantage. <laughs> that said, I do like the Zatanna, but that's definitely yeah. why I don't like magic. Yeah, no, that 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 that's definitely my answer. All right, Matt. Oh man, so I want to say 
Captain Marvel, but he's already kind of, or Shazam, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Sorry, uh, Marvel got the lawyers at the door. Let's not. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, he'll always be Captain Marvel to me. I can't yeah, take that. Me too. But because Khan already picked a magic character, and yeah. is, is Shazam really B-level? Sea level? I don't think so. Uh, he's I kind of in a weird You could have place. said so, but until a few years ago. Yeah. Now he's kind of up there. So, that said, I'm going to... That, that said, if you want to picture Shazam, I'll allow it. Because mine is kind of verging on like B-level, kind of. Yeah, no. So, I'm going to I'm gonna crib a little bit. I'm not going to use one hero. Okay. I'm going to use a two. Okay. Right? And it's the blue and the gold. Blue beetle, booster gold. Okay. You so, know what, because... Actually, See, see, if you'd asked me like earlier when I was planning this, who's Matt going yeah. to pick? My guess would have been Booster Gold. Yeah, right. this, this is exactly what essentially what we're doing here is our own version of Fifty Two. Fifty Two, mm. right? And just the fact they they play off better together than Solo. Much as I love Booster Gold, most of why I love Booster Gold is because he was driven by the death of Ted Cord, um, and he got the, the the smarmy guy in Booster Gold and the the techie kind of reserved guy. And you put them together as, you know, kind of like a Bruce Wayne and Alfred almost, where you can have Blue Beetle kind of strategizing these things and Booster Gold having the the cojones to actually go out and try to pull this off. So let's say it's like Starro invading and they're the only two that, that haven't been infected by the Starro stuff. Booster Gold can go out there and, and seemingly think oh. he can single-handedly bring down a alien starfish. You know, and that's what I like about them. So yeah, the blue and the gold is boo. And actually, that's probably what the subtitle of the issue would be. <laughs> the the new DC event's called the blue and the gold. Oh, that's quite it's good. like the brave and the bold. Yeah, it sounds like the brave yeah. and the bold. Huh? Yeah. It does work, yeah. Um, okay, mine is a little bit bigger than the characters you've picked. Um, but I've got my reasons, right? And my, my pick's going to be Supergirl, right? Yeah. And here's here's my reason for this. Even though she's kind of like, you know, a, a bit higher in the the ladder, as it were, compared to the She's Kryptonian? Ones. She's blonde? Blonde was not going to be part <laughs> of it. Um, but no, the reason being is that I've always felt that Supergirl is kind of underappreciated. I've always felt that she should right. be on the Justice League. And I feel like this, a story like this would ha have her give a... Because it makes sense that A, she's powerful enough to do it because she is Kryptonian. You know, she's another super person. And we've got two Green Lanterns on the Justice League now, so why not? To super people. It's and weird reason... that she's never done like Teen Titans esque sort of thing, like the with the younger squad. Well, um, she has. She, not she much, popped though. in. No, but not much. But she has. And the, the other reason why I think this would be important as well is that typically when you have the Justice League, there's usually only one woman. It's usually just Wonder Woman, and maybe yeah, the, the animated show threw in Hot Girl because oh yeah, we need to make up the numbers. But there's typically, yeah. and I feel like Supergirl is the one who deserves to be there more than any other females that aren't on that team. Yeah. So, that's my pick. My pick my, yeah, my, my only thing with that is that it's always because she's so young. So you give me a more veteran Supergirl on the team. Like, she's been the hero for a little while. True. You okay. know? It's, it's like, she does blood more with the Titans. Like, like not the yeah. not the Teen Titans now, but like the, yeah. the Dick yeah. team at the minute. Admittedly, yeah, the, the age they've got her at now is 16. But I don't typically think of Supergirl in general as being 16. I think of her as being in her 20s. Oh. You know, more like the show, yeah. I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you give me the show version, definitely. Yeah. Like that, I can get behind. Actually, I, I say we add all four of these heroes together and we write our own Justice League book. <laughs> well, it's this, funny you say that. Is, okay, Steve Orlando, I hope you're listening. This is what we want for <laughs> yeah. JLA. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, God, give me Booster. Right, hold on. 
shelve those thoughts because we're actually coming back to a team building exercise in a little bit. Oh. Um, but before we get to that, we've got another sort of quick fire, multiple round um, one. Yeah. So your question here is I'm going to give you a villain, right? I've got five villains, right? One by one. And I want you to give me a matchup that you want to see that's not with their typical hero. So the old man Logan rules. It's where they all swapped and that's how they win. Pete's <laughs> trying to get the bad guys to win. Question. Uh-huh. Can I have Zatanna for every answer? <laughs> uh, no. Damn. You also have to all justify right. each... Well, I say justify, but you know what I mean. Like You have to give some reasons. Yeah, yeah, okay. For why you think it's an interesting matchup. All right. So first, Reverse Flash. So we talking Reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne? Yeah, Eobard Thawne, sorry, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. specify Eobard Thawne. Okay. So Professor Zoom, if you're keeping yeah. the score here of specifics. Not not regular Zoom, Professor. Yeah. He went to school. And if you're watching the show, just ignore anything I said about Zoom and just Eobard Thawne, because you'll just yes. be confused if we try to explain yes. the, the two Zooms to you. It is. I tried to explain to my wife the other day, and she just was not having it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just name them different that. things. No, That's just, her thing. Just name them different no. things. One of the best things that show did was just clearly make, no, one's reverse flash, one is Zoom, the end. Yep. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Who do we want to see fight reverse flash? I got mine. And non speech Oh well, there you go, Matt. Jump in. So I I team him I team him. I had set up Wonder Woman against him. And the the final fight comes down to Wonder Woman finally lassoing him and making him tell the truth about why he's so obsessed with the flash. And the and almost shock is because it never been well, it be, before. Well, it's, oh yeah, it's almost like a therapy type deal, mm. to where he he should be a hero, but he's such a jerk <laughs> that he can't be, right? Like that. That's every iteration I've ever read of Thon, you know. Um, so yeah, Wonder Woman. That's actually a really good answer. Thanks. Yeah, but you can't steal it, Connor. So no, I can't. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> thinking, damn, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, you could you could be really cheap and just, just say it. Green Lantern. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go with uh, the Atom. All right, okay, this is interesting. Uh, the 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 speed, the molecular stuff, the, the physics of it all. There, I think Atom could have some. Science. Yeah, I think it could be really fun. All right, that's, that's a pretty good answer. Oh. I am gonna see a uh, Kid Flash. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a really obvious answer. Um, honestly, I'm going to say Batman, and the reason why I'm saying Batman is because Reverse Flash is so powerful. Like Super Speed is such a powerful ability to have. You know, Flash is arguably more powerful than Superman. You know, because of the yeah. sort of the, well, the altering of reality and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, if you can, you can if you add that in, then yeah. You know, um, and I, I like the idea of Batman going up against an opponent opponent who is such a power level that he he has to like that, that whole thing where he has to know where he's going to be before he gets there to like hit him but to, like multiplied by like a ridiculous amount because he has to think through oh it my and... god i want to see the bat flick against him and he just laid a whole bunch of landmines <laughs> just around <laughs> this this is one that actually needs bat god to deal with and also i like no, not even though because he could it all be about trajectory. Yeah. You know, right. and I think Bruce is smart enough to figure that out. Like, he definitely need Alfred 
in one of the other guys, yeah. I think. Any, any of the subjects. Here's thematically why I like it, though. More than just the, 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 the brawn versus, you know, whatever fight. Right. Is I like the duality of Reverse Flash went back in time and killed Barry's mum because he hates him, but he can't do that to Bruce. Right. I, I like uh, something about that that I like. I like that he can't do that because it's already happened. Mm. So Although Reverse Flash, well, yeah, if Reverse Flash really wanted to mess with Bruce, he would prevent his parents from getting killed. Oh, that, that I like un- that. Because that would unmake Batman quicker than uh, than Flash being unmade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or being made by the death of his mom. That would be interesting. So, That's a cool story idea. Yeah. Um, Tom King, pay note, you know, take notes. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, That's a really good story idea. All right, next up, Brainiac. I know there's a lot of weird dead air every time I say one of these, but you can just imagine in their faces. Yeah, working. In... See, so, we we've not had any time to prep for these, like you said at the no, start. So, so this is. I'm gonna say Shazam, and because a he's oh. magical Superman, and how does Brainiac try to logic magic? As we talked about in a previous thing, magic can just happen because, and that's gonna bring down Brainiac. Which which version of Brainiac are we on about here? Like the big brawny one from John's. Yeah, John's. We get right. out of the chair, and he's yeah. small. And he's trying yeah, to play yeah. worlds by, you know... And he's an AI, of course, so remember that, that key. Okay. Um, I'm going to say mine since Connor's still thinking. That, that, this makes him like an odd one, but I'm going to say Batgirl. Because her hacking skills will come into paramount importance here. And this is another one of these ones where I like the idea of like a major villain, um, like like a like a bee hero like rising up to take them on mm-hmm. and like proving themselves. So it's like kind of another idea like that almost. But also, I like the idea of her like using her oracle skills to uh, battle. Yeah, that's that's why I would train it, trade, train it, trade off. As it's not the that brainiac, it's like a proto brainiac that's okay, trying to yeah. get into the, you know, that's living in the internet. So he's everywhere at once, and yeah, that's how he's okay. collecting information. That's what I would do. Well, I mean, there's no hard rules here. We can we can morph. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, because because that girl bringing down the ship with hacking skills a little close to Independence Day. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. As, lo- as long as I'm not saying Felicity Smoke, I think we're, we're in the <laughs> yeah. True. It's, it's interesting because just before you said it, I was starting to formulate my idea on a very similar line. Not you're quite gonna, there. Were you but... going to say Cyborg? No, I was going to go with Tim oh. Drake. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like yeah. he's got the batman's detective skills to to anticipate and figure out what's going on but he's got the tech skills as well to deal with the stuff i just feel like it'd be bad that it all go to his head and then he becomes the new brainiac in a different way you know what i mean now that's a story i want to see yeah don't kill him dc now for this next one i'm actually going to uh give my answer first because i've got this at the ready here and it's a good one i don't want to steal it <laughs> so the next one is mr mitzelplick which, in mm-hmm. case you're curious, um, when I wrote this down, I didn't check the spelling. I just wrote M and then a lot of random letters because that's as close as I'm going to get. Uh, <laughs> M-X-Y-P-T-L-N-K. Mythsy Pixelic. Oh my God. I think that's the full spelling. Sorry. I think uh, you missed an I somewhere. But okay. I think, yeah. <laughs> All I know is... Well, there's no vowels in it. That's the trick to Mythsy yeah. Pixelic. The only vowel is the Y. Yeah, there's a Z and there's a Y and there's yep. all sorts of nonsense. But my answer... Is Doctor Fate because D- 
Doctor Fate's like whole, you know, like like me- like dealing with like random shit in his head and like having to like sort that all out and like coexist in there with all the knowledge of the helmet. I feel like he's the perfect person to go toe to toe with this, you know, being from the fifth dimension who messes with reality. So that's my answer. That's a good answer. Where are you going? Not quite. Have you? Yeah. I'm going to go with Dick Grayson because he fights everything with such a smile on his face. He's going to see this imp in a purple hat and go, <laughs> all right, what did I, what did I step well, into today? I'm going to feel day to day with that. <laughs> and then when he finds out that he's got to make him say his name backwards, Dick's going to turn it into a song. Like that he a did point. With, with, like he did with uh, Tiger in uh, in Grayson, where he's making the 007 song. So, all right. So, well, that, just, that just leaves Connor. Okay, yeah. I, I, I like you know Pierce saying about the, the the stuff in the head. I feel I feel like yeah, it has to be someone kind of a bit on the the crazier side. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with the 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 most recent incarnation of Harley Quinn. Okay. I think it's the sort of thing I can actually see happening in her book at the minute, given the other events that we've had. All right. It's the sort of thing I can see happening. Although, it did just make me want to almost change my answer to Damien Wayne, just because I love the idea of all this stuff going on and Damien just being really angry about it. It's <laughs> shrugging it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sticking with Dr. Fu, but I just wanted to throw that idea out. That'd be a good story, though. Dick Grayson and Damien having to team up against Mixie Pidalek and, Dam- and Dick teaching Damien that sometimes it's okay to have fun. Like, not everything is good versus evil. Sometimes you just got to deal with a prankster. And not the prankster. Like, yeah, yeah, not the prankster. Because like really could make things super bad for Superman as much as he could because he can alter reality, but he doesn't. He does stuff like turn Superman's head into a cucumber, you know? See, on that line, I also want to throw out Batmite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's... there was once a book where it was, it was Batmite teams up with Mixie Bidlick. Yeah. Admittedly, yeah. Batmite versus Mr. Pitlick, I don't really want to read that. Like, I feel like I don't, I don't want to read it, but I yeah. feel like it's, well, a, it's, a, it's an even match. Dustin Wynn doing it like he did Little Gotham. Yeah, I think okay. Okay. that'd be a book I'd want to read. Also, Bizarro, he's not a hero, but I would love Bizarro try to deal with Mixie Pitlick because <laughs> who would frustrate the other more? <laughs> yeah, because he wouldn't get any uh, the the pranks, no. if you will, and then he wouldn't get like. Like he would yeah. just get angry that yeah so yeah, yeah. That, that would be that would yeah. be fun. Um, all right, next up, Black Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zack Snyder because <laughs> he is a full destruction. <laughs> uh, like, don't forget, Black Adam once destroyed an entire country by himself. That is true. Of the all, yeah. I I'm I'm going to jump in and say the Flash because I like the idea of lightning versus lightning. Yeah. That's what I got for you. Um, who's up? Let me go with. Okay. Connor, I oh, Connor got one. Go. I, I, come on. I'm going to go with Aquaman. Because they're both these rulers of foreign nations. Oh, okay. Uh, so that'd be a, an interesting type of conflict to, to run with the story rather than just hero versus hero. Or hero versus villain. They would make probably. The, the, well, lightning hitting water is just, you know, a recipe yeah. for chaos. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with one of the Green Lanterns and just make it a diplomacy thing. You know, like, 
kind of like what Connor was saying, because they're both the leaders of a country. But, like, Black Adam not only is a villain, he's the ruler of a country. And you just can't, like, as the Green Lantern, even though you're representing Earth, you just can't show up in this country to be like, hey, we're here to deal with you. So, like, there has to be some steps going on there. And I actually kind of would want to see Gardner, because he has no no, cool. no tact. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, and last up, you know I had to put this one on there, the Joker. Lex Luthor. Oh, right, okay. I feel like oh, we, you know you know when Lex plays a, lot, a hero. Though. Yeah, but it's it's the idea that Lex can't stand the idea of that, that craziness. He can't comprehend it. It's just it's just too easy. Okay. Okay. I've not I've not quite picked one, but I've I'm leaning towards like someone who's younger because I like the idea that putting like them through a story with the Joker's what makes them grow up. Like, yeah. it's like you know, dark things exist in this world, and here's your case in point right here. You know, like Jaime Reyes, you know, Blue Beetle. Like, give him a story with the Joker that makes him grow up and realize, all right, there's more to life in high school. I like, you know, people like this need to be stopped. You know, something like that. Like, I'm not necessarily picking him, but <laughs> someone who's on the younger side who. <laughs> You know, the harsh harsh reality hits them when the Joker starts, like, killing people around them. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard just because Batman and Joker are same two sides of the same coin. You know? Yeah. One loves order, the other loves chaos. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Joker versus Superman's always an interesting idea, but it's been done before, so I don't think... No, I just, I don't think it's that interesting, though, because Joker works on such a personal level with Gotham. Mm. That him going to Metropolis, I kind of would see like him being bored with Metropolis because it's not dirty, dingy. It's it's why I went with Lex. I feel like there'd be a point where he's content with Metropolis and he he, he spreads his gaze wider and he's like, right, I'm going to start Gotham because, you know, Batman's clearly not doing a good enough job. Gotham isn't that easy to deal with, though, because it's well, so complex. Which just leads to sure. Batman beating the crap out of Lex Luthor at some point, surely. <laughs> well, all of them teaming up yeah. and them talking down to each other. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I'm trying to think of one of those level of heroes. Because we already kind of saw it with Booster Gold, where he tried to stop the killing joke from happening. And just Joker kicks the crap out of him every single time because it's meant to happen. Hmm. Um... So I'm trying to find out one of those level characters. It's difficult. But who would who would match up good against the Joker? Has to be someone who's relatively a happy person. Yeah, so it can't broken, be. So they're broken by the Joker. Like it has to be mm-hmm. right. Maybe this is where. See now that Adam doesn't make sense. Because you got to say maybe Ryan Choi. Hmm. But then that would probably just make him quit. <laughs> I'm going back to school. <laughs> out actually I could see, see Atom Smasher like, yeah. his, his rage issues kind of playing into it here we go it fits into the young Stargirl hmm mm. well actually what if we go full circle here and go back to Wonder Woman for the Joker yeah that's that's I was trying not to repeat yeah but I would but like... I'm just thinking yeah. on a similar level if she gets that lasso around Joker oh. and the, the end of the story like what does she make him say what does she make him admit to you know? It doesn't work though because he doesn't even know the truth. Yeah, he's so nuts. That, that's how you do it. That's how you pull yeah. that last page. Is you do it before he answers. So it's it's one of those you know yeah. you can interpret. Well, yeah. it, but the reality yeah. is there is no answer. Yeah. 
Are you, are you, yeah, uh, I didn't want to double up. Are you pulling a rebirth? And uh, Joker says, uh, three. which one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. Okay, that's all uh, All five of those. That was good fun. All right, oh. next up. So return to something you were kind of poking at with the last question I gave you. Is we're going to build a team, right? Mm. Uh, we can each have our own if you want. We can build our own like new team that will happen in the, the DCEU. Um it can be a young team, a team of older people, can be any sort of combination. It can be people who are already on teams. Although I'm going to kind of try and avoid that myself, because um, I feel I feel like what I would like to do is build a female Justice League. Yeah. And maybe you have Wonder Woman there to be the leader, but this is where you have like maybe not Batgirl or any of the the Birds of Prey because they have the Birds of Prey, you know. So maybe yeah. you know you, you throw in Supergirl. You maybe throw in Hot Girl. Um, if there's no GSA, maybe Star Girl. I was thinking Star Girl because even even with the GSA there, you can kind of yeah. see it as maybe bringing it up to the big leagues, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Satana, or, obviously. Or maybe you leave Supergirl off because if we're going with the idea in Rebirth that she's still a teenager, then you bring in Superwoman instead. Yeah. As the grown-up, mm. you know, sort of more version, um, and you get like a team of like five. Um, why we need a female Justice League like in context of the story, I'm not necessarily sure. Maybe there's a reason that they all come together. See, yeah, when Brian Wood wrote X-Men, just mm. the subtitle S, uh, he had the all-female team, but the way that he wrote it in story is they were just the four or five that were, were there. Yeah, that were around. When, yeah. when stuff started. So, And that was a great way to handle that. It's not a bad way to handle it. I'd probably have a story reason for it. Yeah. Maybe... I don't know, maybe there's like an initial event where the villain can like do something to men, but the women are like, you know, you know, immune to it. So that's why they form a team then. But then like they work well together, and that's why they stick together. You know. Yeah. Because because maybe it has like a, a positive effect in the world where you know young girls everywhere are like having like this new positive sort of like force that they never had yeah. before, and that's why they stay together. You know, I, I would probably build a reason for it, but that would that would be my maybe throwing Zatanna would be a good one actually to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, you got some magic stuff in there. Yeah. It always helps. Yeah, maybe even Mira actually bring in the Atlantis connection. Mm. I can't see her playing well with the others though. That's true. Yeah, she's but... such an underdeveloped character anymore. Like I, I, under, oh, is, I appreciate yeah. what they wanted to do, but like she kind of water bends. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. I, I, like... I feel like I feel like her not playing well though works well with Wonder Woman, who would like, who's almost like the better version of Mira in the way she's written. Yeah, and I'll yeah. always oh, and her, her like stepping in and be like, no, Mira, play nice. <laughs> you know, I can I can see that scene in my head and see that being mm. being fun. But you know, th- then you have, but then I suppose technically we should have a a bat person. So probably bat women actually for sticking with the older versions of characters. Yeah. Take well, then the, uh, then I'd want to make her the leader though. You want? Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to say Wonder Woman sticks with the Justice League, then you have Batwoman as the leader. Yeah. And that way you have a Batwoman, a Superwoman. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could throw in Jessica Cruz, have her leave Justice League and join the female well, team. Well, you got, wait, you got Batwoman, Superwoman, you want to add Mera, it's just a team of redheads now. We can't have that. <laughs> oh dear. I'm down for this. That's three-fifths <laughs> of the gingers in DC. Like, if something bad happens, <laughs> that's it. That's true, I didn't think of that. Can't have yeah. that. Well, I'm no. just... Uh, well... I'm, no, I know, you're spitballing. I'm spitballing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably do something more 
that there's kind of what James Robinson tried on his time, where you had Dick Grayson and Donna Troy mixing it in there with other established heroes. I think Green Arrow was there. Okay. I was, so I'd I go about, that, so... I was about to say you're just describing Titans, but continue. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have the characters like Congo Bill, who is the, the golden gorilla. That's just such a weird golden age character. I, I have you know, golden gorilla. Very familiar with him. Yeah, yeah well... But no, so I would definitely keep more mainstream. I'd probably add the blue and the gold just because of my fondness for them. Of course. And they're... <laughs> what a show. Well, no, well, you, have your comic, you have your comic relief there. You know, you don't have Dick having to do that. But i definitely add Dick Grayson because I felt Batman's way too busy with Gotham and everything else to to join. And then probably Katana, just get her off of the Suicide Squad because she really doesn't yeah. belong there. It's such a cool I, character. I don't know, actually. So we've got like a Teen Titans coming who are like, all like 13, 14, right? And yeah. the Titans who are all the adult versions of the old ones. What if you had yeah. one that was like the older teens, like Supergirl, Blue Beetle, um yeah. who else? Oh, the high age? schoolers. Yeah, the high, uh, no, the high schoolers. Stephanie Brown, maybe. Stephanie Brown, yeah. Like I was just thinking you, know, you could throw in some. Kinda of like Young Justice back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Yeah. But you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I was just thinking, oh, well, you could, you know, there's clearly a, an age in there in the middle where you have these teen characters. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But, but yeah, and I'd probably throw in Superman on my team too. Uh, it's kind of the authority figure. He's not necessarily the leader, but he kind of guides the ship. With okay. whatever. And plus, you know, Dick looks up to him uh, the same way he looks up to Bruce. And then, um, crap. What do I add from Gotham? Also, probably... Don't you already have Dick? Yeah, but I, uh, probably Black Canary, too. Then I'd throw her in. Um, and, yeah, that'd probably yeah, keep it to that level. And they kind of get thrown together because they're the ones that answer the call first because everyone's kind of busy. So... Alright. Huh? Okay. Connor. With, with my fondness for Magic Carers, characters, I'd like to do a, a kind of version of Justice League Dark, but different. Where the shadow it's, pack. Yeah, it's kind of like, let's, let's say it's five people. It's like three-fifths magic, and then the others are there to just balance out the, the, the non-magical threats for when they're needed. But I'd probably have it led by fate. I feel like he's got that kind of... Doctor Strange quality to him? Kind of wisdom, sort of. Like, he's got the awareness and knowledge that he can kind of be at the at the front. Mm-hmm. And then, see, I'd want to have Zatanna and Constantine because I really like how they play off each other. Yeah, well, when you were going to say Zatanna, so yeah, right, you've yeah, yeah. Right. That's why yeah, I yeah. didn't say Zatanna. You could have had her as well, don't worry. No, I know. <laughs> but then I'd probably jump over to a couple of things. Maybe Green Arrow. I can see him playing like, amusingly with all the magic stuff. I don't know what's going on, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think it could be fun. And then, who do I go with for the last one? Oh, Cyborg, obviously. <laughs> no, if we go to Gotham, it's, it's going to be Tim Drake, yeah. isn't it? All right, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Right, um, so that's that. All right, so the last thing... Well, there's two last things we're going to do before we wrap up. And the first one is uh, quite simple. Every week we do our top five of the week. I'm going to take this opportunity to do a top five of Rebirth so far in terms of series. I know it's a little bit mishmash because some books have got had one issue and some have had six, right? So yeah, obviously it's a bit unfair. But 
Um, I was going to go to top 10, but I thought, nah, that's maybe asking too much. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Although I happen to have done, I actually I, I did as well earlier this week, so I could give you 10 of mine if you want. I'm, I'm just going oh, to find my list now, so I have to do it off the top of my head. That's oh. <laughs> how so I know that I work eight-hour shifts and you guys don't. <laughs> uh, I, do, I, I do five, and that's, that's plenty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Peter just, just, just whatever. Well, Pete takes care of the podcast network, though, so... This is true. Like, I'm not going to begrudge him for that, but he still but he does. Work. He does get to sleep eight. in. Yeah, he doesn't get to work. He doesn't have to leave the house to work eight solid hours like I do, so... We didn't have to go down this path of... Uh, why, <laughs> I'm why, just saying, Pete. Why, why does Peter have time to do this? Let's just, you know, you could say, all right, I'll just do five. Right. right. <laughs> maybe a bottom couple with it, because at the end of the, the podcast, we tend to do a bottom. <laughs> at the end of every week, we do a bottom one, don't we? We can do a bottom couple, sure. Yeah, okay. How, how about we do a top five and a... Um, Three, three of hate, the, the trifecta of doom, or whatever you want to call it. Okay. I was going to call it the hateful eight, but then I don't actually know why I have to do eight. <laughs> It'll be eight well, in total, though. Yeah. Five plus three. Yeah, that's true, but they're not, yeah. No. Hateful. Yeah. Right, okay, so I'm just going to jump in first, because I've got my list sitting in front of me. Um, Number one, Book of Rebirth so far. And again, we're swinging it back to Rebirth, let's keep it in sort of relation to what the show is typically about. Uh, Detective Comics takes my number one slot. Not surprised. Not surprising, though. Number two, Superman. Mm-hmm. Still not surprised. Number three, Nightwing. Number four, Superwoman. Wow. Well, That's surprised. But I'm, I'm putting that in there. I'm putting that in there. Um, it, it did a lot uh, on surprise alone of how good it was it, it gets some cred right now it'll be interesting to see when we do this in full at the end of the year for like you know end of the year like special or whatever at Christmas to see how much this has changed it's oh, interesting man. this this list in general is like the uh, we've got the full 25 of me and Peter have, but it's something you could do every like three months because that, that's like entire arcs of stories changing yeah and see where what rise and falls. Plus, new books launching as well. Still, we saw a couple of launched this coming month. Um, yeah. And then number five for me is Batgirl. That's why I slotted in there in the fifth, fifth place. Obviously, there's a lot of great ones that aren't, aren't in my top five, but that's what happens when you do top five of twenty-five in total. Um, as for my bottom books, I'm going to go with Hellblazer, which is number twenty-three. Red Hood and the Outlaws at number twenty-four. And in last place is Harley Quinn. Because it was garbage. I, I just want to mention, I have Harley Quinn as my number 10. No, <laughs> solid, solid, respectable top 10 slot. So we're looking for new people to be on the podcast. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're getting rid of Connor. Connor's outlook is <laughs> uh, 10, get out of here with that. Uh, well, I knew the rest of them. My, my top three is unfortunately same as, as Peter's. It's very predictable. Detective Comics, Fact, then Superman, then Nightwing. Like- won't see this, but Firefly is here, and he wants to share his uh, favorite. What's your favorite Firefly? Uh, as oh, my favorite is Titans because the main character is Ginger, and there's no Catwoman book, so I'm <laughs> so I'm left to stick to my Ginger roots rather than my cat. Roots. Wasn't the cat? Wasn't the cat in the voices Ginger and Scottish voiced? Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, just yeah, making Scottish sure. Yeah. 
Although, interestingly, it was Ryan Reynolds himself doing the voice. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, continue, Connor, sorry. So, yeah, so my top three were just the same. Tech, Superman, Nightwing. Four, I've gone with Green Arrow. And then five, I've gone with Wonder Woman. Mainly because the art's really dragging that up a lot, because it's some of my favourite art in all of Rebirth. It's fantastically gorgeous. Right. My bottom three, I'm, I'm going to go worst up, because the surprise is at 23 rather than 25. Okay. So 25, Red Hood and the Outlaws. 24, Suicide Squad. 23, the one where I'm going to get flack and, and you're going to ask for a, a replacement again. That girl and the birds of prey. Yeah, I get that. I get it. I don't get having it that far down after Harley Quinn, but cool. <laughs> yeah, Because, I mean, I, and I'm not just hating on... I was going to say, Back Beat... the Birds of Prey for me is at number 15. So it's not like I've got it super high. No, no but, but I'm, I'm going to say... Quite low. I just... When it comes to Harley Quinn, it's not just because I'm hating on it because it's Harley Quinn. I'm hating on it because it's just a continuation. It didn't need a rebirth. It didn't. Like, I'll agree with that. If they could have just done a number one and left it at that. It wouldn't have to trick me into reading it for like, oh, they're going to do new stuff. Because they weren't. They did just do another so, one. There wasn't a rebirth issue. Oh, well, then they could have... <laughs> Could have handled it better. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It could have just been issue thirty-one rather yeah, than yeah. a new number one. It's, exactly. To be fair, it's the only DC book guilty of that. Whereas I feel yeah. like this happens at Marvel every eight oh, to nine months. Oh, of course months. it does. Yeah, of course. Maybe, it does. maybe twelve yes. at a push. And that and that's why my Marvel reading's gone down so far because once they announce that they're going to cap these books and relaunch number ones again, I just I don't care. Mm. Like unless it's my favorite character over there, I'm not going to follow yeah. anymore. So, All right. so Matt, um, sure. but my my top five number one Superman, Shock. number two is oh, Detective. Superman, I need to sit down. I need to sit, I need to sit down here. Like I'm sit already down, sitting man. down, but I still feel like I need to sit down. Yeah, and then Tech because uh, those two are both the greatest. I think they're unanimously the standouts, right? Yeah. yeah, they're the two flagship for those two characters for the Bat Family and for Superman. Um, easy, and then Nightwing. So we're gonna have the same similar top threes. Um, and then I'm going to go Flash. Uh, I just love what Williamson's been doing there. Uh, and then five's a little more difficult because I want to disqualify stuff that's still pretty new. Um, like Superwoman, even though it was so good, one issue. And even Deathstroke, which I really like. There's only been two issues of. Um, so I get... Man, number five's tough. I guess I'll just put Deathstroke... What's up? Uh, I was going to say, for the record, Flash was my number six. Just okay. I, I, have, I have Flash at eight. I just don't oh, crap, no. I don't have to do that. I don't have to put Deathstroke. I'll put Titans in. Titans has had three issues, and they've all been pretty enjoyable. Okay. Right? They, um, and it's got Wally West. My bottom, though, I'm going to do a little bit different than you guys. Okay. Just because we're going to – we're being crapping on it. I'm going to disqualify stuff that I quit after an issue. So for my bottom of stuff that I'm still reading, uh, would have to be, uh, as of right now, Green Lanterns, because I do enjoy it, but it's not the greatest. Uh, I think that, that and Aquaman, because again, I still haven't read the most recent issue, Well, because uh, I straight up forgot about it. It's worth mentioning that Aquaman's the lowest one on my list that I'm still reading. Yeah, well, that's, that's number see. 19 for me. Matt says, oh, you do it differently, but 
I'm still reading all of these. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're different, man. So because I easily I could have put Harley Suicide Squad Hellblazer. Yeah. Right, but out of the stuff that I'm still reading, that would have to be on there, and then in betweens everything else, you know, Green Arrow just misses. It, if if I look at the ones that everyone's still reading, yeah. So, Bag on the Birds of Prey would be at the bottom, then yeah. Aquaman. Pete's dropped Hal Jordan, so the, and then Justice League would be my bottom three by those yeah, rules. Justice League would probably be the the, the number three on yeah. that, just because it's so... Yeah, same with me. Yeah. I've got, out of the ones I'm reading, Aquaman's at the bottom, then Green Lanterns, and then Justice League. So that's the lower yeah. end of my... But everything in between those, so I'm talking for me, Batgirl, Batgirl and Birds of Prey, Green Arrow, Supergirl, they're all at about the same level, so it's hard to put them... Even, even like, stuff like New, New, New Superman... Uh, yeah, really great in that yeah. whole area. So, um, all right, that was that was that was good. So, I mean, I suppose if you're still holding out in some of the rebirth books and you were you hadn't been reading Detective Superman or Nightwing, uh, you just heard all three of us say those are the three books that you should absolutely be reading. Yep. you should be reading anytime, three, anytime, but... Yeah, any anytime my friends ask me what DC book they should check out, those if they haven't checked out those three, those are the ones I go to. Yeah. Um, so, and then I've been also telling people to check out Deathstroke because it's two issues in. And you can kind of know if you're going to like it, like kind of like Pete did after that Rebirth issue, and especially yeah. after the issue one. So, but yeah, those are my I, go-tos. I jumped ship. Thank you very much on that. But you two can keep reading it and keep talking about it. And yeah. That way we're still covering everything between that and uh, Corner's Corner at the end where he still reads everything. <laughs> I'm not coming to that forever. Just going to put that out there. I'm not sure how long Connor's Connor will last with everything. Connor, it is the only reason you're still on this show. Alright, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Now, last thing before we say goodbyes and look at what's coming next week is going to be a new tradition that we're going to do every time we're on a fifth week, fifth Wednesday. Um, because mm-hmm. even once we have uh, annuals and stuff hitting on the fifth Wednesday, there'll still typically be a smaller batch of books than usual. Um, so we're all going to take a minute just to recommend some books that we're reading from other publishers. Is this um, is this current ongoings, not just backlog stuff we're reading? Uh, current stuff, and t- even then, like I would say stuff that's relatively new. Not nothing that's like if it's like you know past, like say six issues, I'd say you know, like all it's right. old at, at that point. I'm thinking. I'm thinking if we were doing this every like three months, because that's roughly when every fifth Wednesday happens. Yeah. yeah stuff. So like the, that, the the stuff like, that's just kind of starting up. Yeah, the last you know stuff is you know three or four issues, and all right, smaller. Um, no spoilers. We're not going to go talk about plot points like we do the DC books. It's just a way of spreading some love for some other stuff that we like. Um, I'm going to jump in with one. We can we just do a couple. I think. Um, we'll we'll go. Uh, we'll do a round and then we'll go back round. Um. I want to recommend Aliens Defiance, which is coming from Dark Horse. Now, admittedly, issue 4 came out this week, and I've not read that or issue 3 yet, because issue 3 was delayed a little bit, so both of them ended up coming out like right next to each Fair other. Um, but if you like the Xenoverse, which is what you call the Alien and Predator universe, um, I think it's a really... It's Brian Wood who's writing it. The art is gorgeous as well. I can't remember the artist's name off the top of my head, but... It's really gorgeous, and it's doing really interesting things with the the story. Basically, the, the, the gist of the book is that a colonial marine who needs to take constant treatment to walk because she was injured in like a you know fight at some point or other, 
Mm-hmm. Um, she teams up with an AI who has become, you know, you know, one of the the droids from the Alien movies, you know, and um, one of the androids, and he's become self-aware enough that he's decided to act against Will and Jutani because Will and Jutani want the aliens for like stu- you know studying purposes, and they want you know the specimens and all that. So this AI, this android, has decided that he is going to go around the the galaxy to all known locations of xenomorphs and exterminate them. So it's basically an android and a colonial marine teaming up to exterminate the xenomorphs. So it's a pretty cool, interesting, unique take on the alien story, and it's really well written and gorgeous to look at. Out of interest in in the in the alien timeline, how how far in is it set? Like how far ahead of the movies? Roughly, it's, de- it's definitely set after the movies. Um, I think at the start it did say how long after another event they did in Dark Horse a while ago it was. Yeah, okay. Um, but you don't have to know about any of that stuff. If you've seen Alien and Aliens, you can just go in and read this. You know, That's all you need to have really seen. Is Just love the idea of Alien, basically. And I think there's a lot there to like. Um, so I recommend it from Dark Horse. Cool. Matt, you hit us with one. Yeah, so it's going to come as no surprise to you two, but uh, Jason Aaron and uh, <laughs> Dotterman's Thor, of course, the mighty Thor. Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, which... wait. You're cheating here. You're using the fact that Marvel have renumbered that four times to make that count as new. <laughs> well, I can't help it. It's, you know, but it's... It kind <laughs> of bends the rules a bit when you have to recommend to go back to God of Thunder. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the series... You don't with... have to! But you should if you're going to read it. This has been going like yeah, four well, years now. You should. Of course you should. No, I'm just going to say you could pick it up at the Mighty Thor and be fine because it's telling the story of... Do we spoil who Thor is right now? Does everyone kind of know? I, I feel like who female Thor is at this point is probably yeah, so, public knowledge. So basically the Mighty Thor is, is more dealing with how Jane is being Thor and fighting cancer at the same time. Um... And at the same time, dealing with uh, invading forces from the different realms. So it's always on high on my to-read list. So just check that one out. I think it's on... I, we're no more than issue six, so it, it, it not, bends to that. Not only did Matt stretch the rules, he recommended a Marvel book, so he's instantly in the, the negative <laughs> column for points. Here. Well, I'm saving my other one that I want to recommend for the okay. second go-through. Okay. So, uh, Connor... Go. All right, I've got three, but I'm going to do one first that I'm pretty sure neither of you are reading, because the other one that Matt's got, I feel like, might be one of mine. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Snot Girl. It's Ew. two issues in. It's from Brian Lee O'Malley, did uh, Scott Pilgrim. Right. And it's a lot of fun. It's kind of about a... She's like a, a fashion blogger thing, and it's all in that clique, but then it turns into like a murder mystery. But then, it's it plays a lot with with online technology and like like how we perceive the world, like Twitter and all that sort of stuff, and playing that into a murder mystery. It's I a really lot of fun. Hope, I really hope when she puts down her profession, she puts down fashion blogger thing in the. In I the think world. it might. It says it definitely says something similar. Right, okay. I just the the cover just made, grossed me out completely. Yeah. In terms of you know the the sculpture and the pop up boxes of like their professions and so you know how he does how he does that. That's kind of in Snot Girl, and it is kind of like fashion blogger thing, pretty much. Yeah, that doesn't appeal to me because I mean I like the movie, but Scott Pilgrim the comic has never really appealed to me. Like I've never read it, but it just looks like something that's not my. Oh, it's, it's, I, I really like it. 
Very good. Test, but that's just a purely test thing. So, uh, fair enough. Um, what else shall I recommend? I, uh, I'm tempted to do a couple of weirder things, but I'm going to go with Black Hammer, which is actually also from nice. Dark Horse. I didn't realize I was picking two yeah. Dark Horse books, but. Um, it's just turned out that way uh, Jeff Lemire's new story about a team of retired superheroes who are hiding out on a farm and they've been retired for like 10 years ever since this incident where another superhero on their team called Black Hammer uh, died and it's got that like sadness that Jeff Lemire's books often have that's kind of there in this weird sort of uh, it's kind of like if you took the Watchmen but just Jeff lemure it like <laughs> to like you know well, I, yeah, it's it's... King, Kingdom Come by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, okay, yes. okay, Kingdom Come. That's a, that's a that's what I was going to say, because there's stuff going on there that's not quite above the board that we don't know yet. And granted, I haven't read the second issue yet. I still have it. All the DCs bogged me down. But, uh, but yeah, but from that first issue that I read, there's so much more going on in between the panels oh, than yeah, what we're yeah. seeing. It there's, makes it so readable. There's a lot of, obviously, history and mythology that's built into the, the backstory, which he's yep. not revealed yet. But, like, like yep. I've said in the past with Jeff Lemire's, like, his stuff that's not... And I, I say not superhero, but this is technical superheroes, but what I mean is not, like, the big two, you know... Not capes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas is this feels like much more something that Jeff Lemire really hits out of the park, where... It just yeah. it has that that feeling, and it's got this tone of sadness to it that just really really brings it home. And all the characters are so different. Yep. There's, a, there's an old character who's trapped in a young girl's body. Um, That's great. That makes for some great laughs because you know she'll say things yep. that a kid would never say and things like that. And yep. um, and it's got that small town thing where they, they go into the small town for supplies, and it's just a small town and their farms are just off. The, it's just a really yep. good set and a really good start of the book. And it also teases that there's a reporter who's trying to like, look into things. And that sets up sort of like the ongoing yeah. mystery or yeah. sort of things like that. Um, so now I recommend that if you want just a standalone book that's still kind of superhero-y but isn't a typical yeah. superhero story, uh, that that'd be something worth checking out. Um, so, gotcha. Matt. So the my second and last one I'm going to recommend is also by Brian Wood, but it's from Image, and it's called Black Road. And it's Brian Wood does Vikings in the tradition of <laughs> of North know. Landers. Do you know what? Right? Matt? Sometimes so, you are such a. He's almost a stereotype himself. Yeah, at times, yeah, isn't he's he? a stereotype of himself. Where he just he picks yeah. Superman, Vikings, and Thor. Like seriously. <laughs> and Thor is basically Viking Superman. So I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Throw a football under his arm and you have me in one image. Uh, but anyways, this is a little bit different. Is It's paced out almost grindhouse style to where it's said that it's a uh, Magnus the Black mystery. So it kind of plays in there like it's part of this bigger continuity. And it's about this former Viking warrior who's living off by himself, gets chosen by a priest to escort him along the Black Road, which is filled with, you know, treachery, uh, robbers, terrible weather. Um, and, of course, bad things happen on the first go-round, and not all is all is what it seems. It's five issues in right now, uh, and it's just the art. It's very basic. There's Sometimes there's no dialogue whatsoever, and the art just tells the story. Uh, and it's basic storytelling 101, and I love it, so... All right, Connor. 
because Matt didn't suggest the one I thought he might have yeah. done, I've got two. Yeah. Just quick. One of them will be very quick. Okay. The, the yeah. main one I'll go with: kill or be killed. Yeah. So yeah. just misses my that, that, my second spot because yeah. that's the one Firefly was going to say if no one else said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Firefly how much can praise can we give? Yeah, how much praise can we give Brubaker and uh, and uh, Sean Phillips? I almost said Lark, but that's not him. Yeah, that's not uh, Lazarus. Yeah. But um, you know, I will say, as someone who's not read a ton of Brubaker, like I've read some of his Gotham Central stuff. And yeah. I started as Captain America, but you know, being Marvel, I lost interest about ten issues in. <laughs> that, that's about where I, I yeah. popped off. I, I got through the Who Was the Winter Soldier story arc. Yeah, yeah, I and it was that. good, but I'm kind of like I can put it on the back burner. Right. Like so. this issue, I went in knowing pretty much nothing, and kind of want to keep it that way because the story you think you're getting for the first 10 pages is not the story you're actually getting yeah yeah it, no. it, it twists and turns until like it something point. entirely different that i wasn't expecting which is really interesting um yeah. but really unique tone really unique sort of dark yeah. gritty feeling to it and uh, just to give if it the praise the... go on. go ahead uh, i'll say if you read the back matter on it <laughs> it's <laughs> it's they said they weren't planning on telling the story so the fact that whatever they had planned was more fleshed out than this, I think is super interesting. Because like Pete and Connor both said, it twists and turns so much in that first issue. It feels like a whole bunch went into making this. And when you find out that they're kind of like, oh, well, we're just going to see where this goes. Mm. It just shows the talent involved. I will yeah. say the first couple of pages is a really depressing couple of pages to read because it just basically gives you a commentary on everything that's wrong with the actual world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, really enjoyed that. So yeah, good pick. Yeah, it's so good. I went back and read the fade out. That their last series, there. all twelve issues. I read it over about four days. I'm kind of spaced that. out a bit. Maybe I should know. That it's I'll fantastic. Pete, get on it, especially your love of movies. Yeah, and as, as in general. Do, do I know why I probably didn't was didn't jump on that? It's because I tried. Was it was it Fatal? Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, Fatal's completely different though, and I, and I didn't like that very much, which is why I probably yeah. haven't jumped on all of Brubaker's things. As quite that, yeah, that's more Lovecraftian type style horror than you know old yeah, so time. What I'm reading next. Noir. Yeah. <laughs> that's from what I hear. I haven't read Fatal because uh, I want to get the single issues because of all the the back matter. matter. Yeah. Mm. And it's so hard to find the first six issues. The thing is, though, is you say Lovecraftian horror, and I get excited, and I don't think it. Like, I just didn't think it was... Well, when I say that, so, like, the fade-out's not a straight-up noir, right? As much as Fatal's not a straight-up Lovecraftian noir. It just... They play with those elements telling a human story. At least for Fatal, maybe not so human, because of what happens. Um, but, yeah, definitely the fade-out. Killer be killed. And real quick, before Connor does the other one, I'll recommend to Pete, and maybe to you, Connor, if you haven't read it, uh, Criminal, um, mm. Last of the Innocent, which you guys are both reading, Archie. Yes, I'm not. Right? Well, he's not. Okay. Oh, okay. So, it's basically Brubaker's take on Archie, who he grew up reading, and he brings this darkness to this to the. I was going to say, I bet uh, there's a dark twist to it. <laughs> it. There's a very dark twist to it, but it's basically an Archie book, like the later years, just with the names changed. All right, cool. So, um, I definitely recommend that. that Last of the Criminals, one that's been on my like yeah. someday list forever. Yeah, um, but it helps with those is that they're they're basically an anthology, so you can read them out of order whenever. Uh, um, so, all right, Connor, quickly give your last 
little yeah. extra one. Re- just so real people, quick. Just so people who are like like panicking as they're watching or listening to us go, this yeah. is not DC, what's going on? What are they doing? <laughs> they're jumping the shark. No. Uh, uh, real quick, this is Action Man. Action Man is a British toy. It is essentially our equivalent of G.I. Joe. Which I had never heard of, despite the fact that it's British. I don't understand how it was. It's massive. It was. Not so much anymore. It's generic. It's so generic looking. Yeah, but, yeah, okay, it's one of those where, you know, it comes in all the different, like, outfits, costume, you know, like, there's a submarine one, there's a typical soldier one. This plays it as a spy story. Action Man dies in the first issue, because that's, that's, like, the entire thing. No, it's not a spoiler, because the whole series is then about this new kid who is training to be the new action man and replace him and trying to live up to that that mantle. Even the name annoys me. It's just so, such a generic name, you know? I want sure, Stretch sure. Armstrong meets Action Man. Yes, I'll re- read that. But but seriously, this is a lot of fun. You should check it out. Uh, okay, right, so there you go. Right, That's all the non-DC talk till the next fifth Wednesday, which I thought would just be a fun thing yep. to give us a chance to do uh, every few months. All right, so... With that said, I get to tell you what's coming next week because next week actually has books. So next week we have one new series starting and that is Cyborg. So we're getting Cyborg Rebirth issue one. Mm-hmm. Connor looks so excited about a Cyborg. It's just book. like, uh, I, forgot that, I forgot it existed <laughs> until just now. Yeah, but I remember the writer giving a really good pitch. That uh, yeah, it, it could be good. I wasn't really that interested in Superwoman, so who knows. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I like the writer's pitch as well. So. Hopefully. Hopefully that's what's out. Uh, so Cyborg... Uh, I'm not going to call it Rebirth, I'm going to call it Cyborg Robocop issue one because the pitch was very Robocop and not just because it's set in Detroit, although that certainly <laughs> is a factor. Um, also coming next week is Aquaman issue six, Batman issue six, Green Arrow issue six, Green Lanterns issue six, Justice League issue four, Nightwing issue four, Supergirl issue one. That wasn't a whole month. They, there was like That was like a two week break, three week break maybe. Yeah, three Cool. Three if you include because of this fifth week. Yeah, because of this fifth week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Superman issue six, which I should be the last issue in this first arc, so that should be exciting. Of the Eradicator. Yeah. And then last and certainly least in Connor's corner is Harley Quinn issue three. Ooh. That's exciting. <laughs> Matt, how's it feel knowing you've actually got to remember to read Aquaman for next week to catch up? That's good. <laughs> That's good. I'll find it somehow, maybe for my shop. I don't know. But I basically have used that opportunity to drop Aquaman from my regular read uh, from buying at the shop. Yeah, we'll we'll see if I can just get it digitally from a friend who's generous. See see you next week, Matt, when we start reviewing Aquaman. I'm actually going to start with, okay, Matt, I want a beat-by-beat description of this issue. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) He's going to have Wikipedia Uh, up just so that he... (laughs) No, because Wiki doesn't help because I tried that last time. <laughs> <laughs> They're not oh, quick enough. It's been found out. Nope. All right. That's actually ended up in the longest episode we've done of this entire show. Uh, and yeah. a sweet, sweet irony. And I cut out a couple of the things that we're going to talk about because we ended up talking way longer in the first couple of things than I thought we would. I was worried we wouldn't have enough. But here we are. Uh, get us talking about DC and we'll talk forever. So, yep. um Thank you very much for watching or listening. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. You can get us all individually on Twitter or various Twitters that are on the screen. If you're on the audio, uh, Wibble 89 for me, Connor Ryan 94 for Connor, Matt of Steel 57 for Matt. Um, like and subscribe, all that jazz. Give us a good rating on iTunes and that kind of thing. Uh, and otherwise, uh, just, you know, look forward to next week. More books are coming. Um, mm-hmm. And there's other stuff to plug coming from the network, which I'll, I'll, for- I'll forgo this week because we're running long but um, look forward to other things happening. 
Um, but yeah, so keep reading comics, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks very much. And always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. And long live the Legion. Thank you.